somewhat steady too. You know uh, the blood, what do you mean? Like in terms of like the hormone has to be released into the blood. I'm thinking maybe like, let's say you take, um, like you'd have to be on for a few weeks, I would assume for it to well, actually. Yeah. I, I mean, especially if you're running like a normal ester, like uh, an enthate or like, mm. um, what am I doing? Like an echopoise. I don't know. They have different suspensions that they use for that. Oh, you know what it's called? Uh, testosterone suspension is the one that uh, is in and out. Really that's like no half or like a very. Yeah, very I think it. I think it's just suspended in water, and it just like because normally they use like grapeseed oil or something to suspend. Right, they use some oil. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say. I know, like, if you use like, um, like if you use like a trinase, you're gonna start feeling that in a couple of days. Like, right. It's like three, day, I think three day half life or something. So there's got to be something to it. I think there's also something to allowing it to build up in your system. But right. yeah, so what we what we were saying, what you were saying about uh, anadrol and A bombs being hard on the liver. So obviously, I take them infrequently. Like I use them, I will use them, but actually, my use for them isn't isn't actually like it's it's a weird use. So normally, I would just run uh, uh, a normal cycle, like an echo poison, a testosterone. And, uh, right. or like a deca and a testosterone and, and Primo is another one I've been wanting to try that I have never, um, but oh, you never the, Primo? no, actually I've had a hard time getting real Primo. I have a source now that I'm going to probably, it's just so fucking expensive, dude. I think yeah. it like, it would be like 600, which is like three times like enough for uh, an eight week cycle, which would be like, okay. uh, that would be like, um, like, I don't know, three times at least what it normally would cost me, if not more, um, for a normal yeah. cycle, maybe even six. Um, it's, it's kind of up there. So, um, but yeah, so the reason for me using that is, uh, so the last time I ran bloods was post, um, uh, it was when I was working with flex and stand and it was post cycle and my estrogen, no, no aromatase inhibitors, no serms. My estrogen was, uh, what was it? It was 13 after a full cycle. Is it measured the same as testosterone as the nanograms per deciliter? Here, actually, why don't we just pull it up? I have it right here. Because I know the range is, um, the, I don't know if it's like a big range to it, but, but you're given a, a pretty good range to work with. Yeah, I think it's 40 to 100. So, I mean, that's low. I, I can't remember. I, oh, yeah, you're, oh, wow. It was really low. You know what that might be? Is cause, oh, that's interesting. Maybe your body was. So, um, DECA is not a, a substrate for aromatase, meaning it doesn't aromatize. Right, that's what I hear. So, that's one thing. But I've heard that Equipoise. So I don't know if it's DHT, it, 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 the extra uh, floating in the blood will right. actually um, inhibit aromatization, I think, or, or I don't know, actually the mechanism that works. But I've well, observed I mean, this and what were you saying? I think it's because um, like, like testosterone, like, especially when you're taking higher doses and whatnot, like uh, when it's being cleaved into estrogen all you got to do is cleave one bond to get it to estrogen so i'm sure it's like the same thing with dihydrogen yeah so it, it inhibits it and um yeah so in, in some form i don't know what the actual mechanism is i'd have to I, I can't retain the i'm sure it's a long mechanism you know i know it's like translocated into the cell like a bunch of different times this is 4 30 19 is this the one no it was early this year not this one one five okay this one um yeah. So, and, and so I noticed my estrogen with no aromatase inhibitors was low. Uh, this made me think a couple things. One, what the heck, why are people taking aromatase inhibitors on cycle? If this is a, if, if you actually observe the, look at this 13 esteroidal, uh, picograms per milliliter is what it's, uh, Oh, okay. And I would say if you're at a super That's physiological, a yeah, well, if I would say if you're at a super physiological range, you want to be 
probably at least the, the ratio be 5%. So let's see if it has my testosterone here. Yeah, that's yeah. really normal. Actually. Greater than 15, great, greater than 1500. I was high, right? So you want to be 5% and that's actually extreme low. There's no way that's 5% um, of, of uh, 15 of whatever range I was no, at probably. No shot, know. no shot because this, this is a whole different conversion when you're going into peak. Right. Exams. And I mean, and well, on what's testosterone measured in nanograms for nanograms, I think yeah. nanograms. Wait, actually per deciliter. Yeah. Nano is negative. I think 10 to the negative nine. And I think picograms. I think it's to the negative six. I could be, I could, I could have them mixed up. I think it might be the other way. I think maybe nanograms might be um, 10 to the negative six. And then. Um, so uh, nanograms would be more. It'd be so like think of a milligram. It would be um, a thousand, like a thousandth of um, a milligram. So it's a nanic. It's a nanic. And then Here, picogram would be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here. Well, I use I a different lab. Oh, Okay. Oh, they're both picograms, I guess. Yeah, nanogram is standard for testosterone. I know that. I don't know about yeah. testosterone. I think it's weird how they measure them in different, um, I guess maybe. I guess that means the normal range for like, if, if let's say you were to measure um, using nanograms, it'd probably be 0. 0.0029. Oh, so it's like, it's harder to reference. Yeah, and right. I've heard something about the, this is mass spectrometry. I've heard something about the actual way of observing it is, can, um, Bury the results. Uh, anyway, what what I was trying to get out of that is just that um, this is on a 250 milligrams of just testosterone, which is a substrate for aromatase, does cause aromatization, but this is good. This is about five. This is a little more than five percent of my 1700 total, is and a hundred. Um, right. That's probably a better ratio than 13 to. I, I was probably like I don't know four or five thousand. That unfortunately, the last lab I used didn't uh, actually test the. Um, the test actual number it doesn't give it to you outside of the physiological ranges um but so okay that was a really long-winded uh kind of but this okay so what this made me think of when i was planning everything out or, or when i observed that my uh estrogen was really low is that equipoise and i've seen a video uh, again this guy i love watching derek more plates he finds like these little uh niche studies uh on on anabolics and he's able to observe and then he always uses stuff himself but I observed yeah. that my estrogen was really low. And so what I think happened, and this is just all speculation, but Equipoise, he did a video on it and how it actually inhibited um, aromatization or, or the actual estrogen. I don't want to speak on it too much because I, I, I can't remember very well. But anyway, it did cause estrogen levels in the blood to go down. And so I'm assuming I got on Equipoise, my estrogen went down which is not good. You want it at a 5%. It has a neuroprotective benefit. It has other benefits for strength right. and outside of other things. And then, Oh yeah. So that causes it to go down. And then DECA I think was more neutral on it where it didn't actually change the number at all. Right. Um, I think DECA so, convert to, what is it? it? It's not, it doesn't aromatize estrogen. It, but it, does it, it, does, it has, I think it does convert to estrone, which doesn't actually increase blood levels of steroidal. Um, I don't know what else the, the mechanisms are for it. Um, it's just, yeah. it doesn't aromatize. I know that. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah. So, it, and I think it's more neutral. It doesn't really affect that too much. Maybe if we were getting outside, um, you know, I only use 600 milligrams of testosterone in both cycles. Maybe if I was getting outside of those ranges, then maybe um, I would get a little bit more estrogen. So I was thinking about playing around with that. 
But the reason for the Anadrol is I don't want to necessarily uh, bump up my doses because I don't really see the need for uh, over 1.2 grams. Uh, I think that's enough for me to grow right now, and, and I've, I've shown that. Um, right. But the Anadrol uh, directly converts to estrogen. So mm. if I'm taking Ecopoise that may be lowering my estrogen, the reason for the Anadrol is to actually cause some more aromatization and balance it out because obviously it was a net negative last time I used it. Yeah. Um, the other yeah. option is to be to use more testosterone, which I'm going to try actually the next part of the cycle. Uh, I think. Did you say the your test was you're taking 250 on that on the last on the other one, one yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sounds but 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 good. when I threw in the equipoise, right, and I doubled the dose of testosterone, it went down. So went down. obviously, obviously, equipoise is causing means, it to be yeah. Because yeah. As, as you go higher in tests, there's going to have to be more conversion to estrogen. There's no right. way Right. You would think 600 milligrams, I'm going to get a higher estrogen level, but, but ecopoise is actually inhibiting the process of aromatization, it seems like. That's interesting. Yeah. To see. I mean, does, an ecopoise, you said, did not uh, aromatize, right? It doesn't aromatize estrogen, right? I, I don't think so. And I think it's causing something where it's, where it's not allowing those levels to get high yeah. enough. Um, it might or, be or inhibiting it. Where maybe uh, equipoise alone might might do something, but since you're I, stacking it with testosterone, maybe that right. some somewhere in there it, it might. Block I think it. I think I think uh, in a monotherapy context, just using equipoise, I think it, it does actually. They they were showing, and again, I don't know that I can't remember the study that he was right. referencing, but I think in the monotherapy context, which is generally when they test these drugs, they don't test them. Um, they generally don't text them with other drugs, um, yeah. except for a couple. Uh, so that's what you, what they were observing is the, the estrogen was undetectable. I think he used a case study too, where it was just that there was no detectable estrogen when um, they were using uh, just equipoise. Probably. Huh? Yeah, probably, probably mice. Mice, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the reason for the Androl. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not particularly a fan of orals, but they do free up more testosterone. I've noticed that when I do frequent uh, everyday uh, administration, that uh, my free test is pretty is much higher, um, and I would uh, attribute that to the diet a little bit too. Um, I can't necessarily put my finger on it exactly, but I think just having more, um, uh, you know, I don't want to say like testosterone supporting foods and things like that might help. Vitamins, but, uh, I, vitamins. Yeah, I can't. I, yeah, I can't necessarily prove that with evidence, but that's just kind of how I feel. Um, yeah, there's some studies see. that actually show. I mean, vitamin D, for example, works as a hormone. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. I heard that from Stan. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I actually tested my levels in the last one and I got them in good range, which I yeah. I know for a fact they were not before I, I should have paid to have them tested. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's the reason for the A-bombs. I particularly, I'm not a fan. I've also considered injectable uh, orals, like, you know, an injectable anadrol, but the actual profile and the way it interacts with the body is different. And I can't, I don't yeah. have any research to to um, solidify that yet. So maybe I'll do some experiments in the future, but uh, the actual profile of it's a little bit different. I just know that was more predictable based on what I've seen. Um, right. And yeah, liver toxicity is obviously a trade-off. It's, you know, a health trade-off that I make. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, it does It does give me heartburn too, so. Oh, no way. Heartburn I'm sure and test now, yeah. Yeah, heartburn and lethargy, which is something I gotta really, I have to, I have to, when I use it, have to take a nap in the middle of the day. If not, I am like a slug at work. Yeah, it's just like it's it's weird. If I don't take that nap, I'm I'm out. Like I just can't. It's really hard to move. So um, you know, it's just part of the trade off. Like yeah. it would be nice to be a full time bodybuilder so I could just nap when I need to. But you know, exactly. it is what it is. I don't know. I, it's it's a trade off that I have to weigh out every day because like when I use Tremblone, I cannot. I I don't think I'm ever going to touch it again because it makes me so um like feel like shit and tired and I can't train. Oh, Tremblone itself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure maybe it's, it's heavy. You know. I'm sure. Yeah. Again, again though, I've heard uh there was a study they did in cattle where they actually had uh, 
trembolone and, and cattle and plants. And then they had uh, cattle implanted with estrogen and trembolone. And their IGF-1 levels were spiked through the roof with the estrogen. So something about not having estrogen. that. Yeah, something about not having that estrogen uh, doesn't allow IGF-1 to, to go up. So uh, that might be something to experiment That's with. I, I want to try to get my hands on some estrogen cream, which is uh, yeah, maybe you'll use that in a context. If I could afford to do blood work every week, that'd be so sick. But, you know. Yeah, blood work sucks. Yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah, let's get on topic. I guess that was a kind of a long tangent, but um, that's just kind of what's going would, on. Yeah, somebody yeah. could use it, I'm sure. No, most definitely. And I, and I think it, I hate that people don't talk about like these things because when they don't talk about them, you hear people talking about their three, four or five gram cycles and, uh, and they're like, yeah, this is what all the pros are taking. Uh, right. Let me just, let, you know, let me say right now that, that that is cycle advice that I got from professionals. Um, and yeah. they were people who uh, you could probably put two and two together and figure out who gave me that. But uh, the people yeah. who are very high up in the bodybuilding um, realm. So, you know, if you really think that that's what is needed, I'm trying to, you know, put that out there that it's really not. It's, you know, these guys, 1.2, you know, one gram, two grams, probably in that range is most where most people lie. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, anything beyond that three, four, especially for an amateur is absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's why I think it needs to be talked about more often for sure. Oh, 100%. Um, and, and hopefully we can get some more research about that stuff soon. Um, well, first, I actually, to get into like the, the actual top discussion topic, I actually wanted to ask you about training, uh, how your training is going, because you were talking about wanting to do a strength block uh, for a little bit there, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So right now I'm doing, um, I, I guess, kind of a, a strength block, you could say. I'm doing this tri-phase uh, tri workout with my buddy, and it's like a um, – I think what it is is because we're going kind of day by day. I'm following his stuff, but uh, it's like upper lower. Um, it's an upper lower split, which is kind of better. I, I think it's cool, but um, I mean, it, what it does is it lowers my volume a week a lot. Yeah, yeah. You're probably um, going to need that. So, what, what ranges, uh, rep ranges are you training in? Um, so right now we're doing, it's usually around the eight rep range, but for the compound, it'll be like, it depends on the day. Like let's say upper lower uh, one week, it'll be five by three. Okay. Um, three, what it would be is, um, so the tri phases come in phases of the eccentric movement where you're going down super slow, pause, and then mm -hmm. explode. And then, uh, vice versa, where you're going down, pausing and then going, and then where you're going down and then putting going it together. Slowly. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, I've never heard or like tried of anything like that, but I yeah, know. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have a link to it, I'd love to look into it. Um, yeah. so, so you're, you're not training outside of like, or lower than five reps, it seems like. Um, give or take, I would say for the compounds, no, but for everything else, like, let's say, um, for the building hypertrophy phase, it'd be like three sets of eight for certain things. Um, nice. okay. So and what's the end goal then, uh, of the program? Uh, I, I guess it would be like a kind of a more of a strength block with a, with a, it's combination. A little bit, so a little bit of hypertrophy. Right. Yeah. Right. Which I mean, is fine for me, but like in my head, like, again, like I, I don't think you could do something where it's. Oh, um, you know, I'm going to get strength and hypertrophy and, you, you know, you could, yeah, yeah, most definitely you could, it would just be, it would be, it'd be difficult and it would be like, you get a little bit of both instead of maximizing one and maximizing another. And, exactly. and obviously one, one or the other would, I would, um, you know, allow you to maintain your gains, uh, like strength gains or, or size Wait. gains. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I, I, I would love to see how, it, how it's, um, structured i'm not really like my my knowledge is just more on hypertrophy right now that's why i was kind of like ah, i don't really know 
Um, right. I just, yeah, I just know that like specificity, specificity, I can't even say the word. Um, is, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's don't sound as smart saying shit like that. Uh, but, um, I know. You hear me in class. being, oh my God. being, <laughs> being specific with your training is definitely like King, you know, like power building, like as if you were going to practice that as like a, your main practice probably wouldn't be smart, but, uh, right. yeah, I mean, if you're, and, and the thing is, if you're tracking, like remember when we did the, uh, the, the program together, if you're tracking your lifts and getting stronger incrementally, then that's really smart. Um, right. so yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, like you were mentioning with lower volume, it's, it's going to be important to have lower volume because you are probably going to be training with lower rep ranges, more load, right. more fatigue. You know what I mean? Like if you're using more exactly. load, you're training in a lower rep range, then it's going to cause more CNS fatigue, more loading on the spine. So you're going to want less volume. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, uh, we should definitely touch base when you're done with that. I'm really curious yeah. to see like uh, the, the the implications of it and how, how that results. Um, I would love to do some programming with you because I've learned like a oh, lot yeah. about hypertrophy and stuff like that. Um, but I think that's a, that's a good way to piggyback. You had a, you had a topic that you wanted to talk about. Um, am I breaking up? Sounds kind of weird on my end. Yeah, it's iffy. It looks like it's backtracking you. Yeah. Oh. Okay, here we go. No, you're, you seem good. to be. Oh. Okay. Um, the, the, I wanted to segue that, uh, the kind of um, fatigue and stuff like that uh, topic. You, you had something you wanted to talk about as far as like overtraining um, and undertraining. Like what, what, what kind of brought you to, uh, you know, want to talk, talk about that topic? Um, so here's, I think there's a few things. So the initial thing is this, is, is uh, you always hear in, Oh, um, three sets of this, four sets of this, five sets, or, or, Oh, I do like my buddy was telling me the other day, he was talking about, I think he was doing like maybe chess or something. He did like five exercises, four sets each, um, all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, it's kind of a lot. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a heavy workload. And then you have somebody else that'll do maybe total of like, five to eight sets a week on chest or something, you know? So it's, right. it's that thing where it's like, okay, well it, it's very hard to determine your own, you know, because of many different factors and stuff. So I wanted to yeah. say, okay, well, how do you really pinpoint whether you might be undertrained versus whether you might be overtrained? Cause I think that the main understanding for most people is, Oh, I'm, I, I'm not really going anywhere. I'm not progressing. Right. And they're really, they're putting a lot of stress on their body as it is. And they say, maybe I need to increase the workload. And what they do is they end up putting even more stress on the body. And right. maybe some factors aren't, aren't able to actually um, maximize and stuff like that. And then they're, they're even losing even more gains or, or, or you know, this yeah. or that. So, so you're talking about like maybe two, two, two kind of like uh, camps. You have the people who um, are maybe doing too much. Um, and you're saying like five uh, or say five exercises, four sets each for a single body part. Right. And then you're saying that maybe right. you have this camp over here that says like eight sets. Um, Correct. there's a lot I could say on that topic. Let's first, we'll start with volume. Um, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of debate on how volume should, should work in a program. Um, and Dr. Mike talked about this on my podcast. He has the landmarks. Um, and that's pretty much where I get most of my information from because I feel like they, uh, his, his company Renaissance periodization have done the best way to, I don't know, put a structure around it. Right. Other right. people are just, you know, random recommendations. They're saying this is how you identify it. Right. Yeah. Um, so they are doing a really good job. That's why I just, I consume all of their content. Uh, so that's a great place to look. I'm just going to try to do my best to kind of explain what I understand from them and my understanding of, and from my experience. So first you look at volume. 
Um, right. I would say in most cases, um, so Mike's volume landmarks, the first talk about them, he mentioned them on my podcast. You have the minimum effective volume, um, which is the minimum uh, amount of training you can get to, to get a result. So maybe that person yeah. on the five to eight sets is training around that, but they're not moving upward and onward, right? So they adapt right. to that amount of volume. Maximum adaptive, um, which is going to be the max. Uh, you know what? I'm going to actually pick, pick, bring up the technical definitions of these because I don't want to fuck them up. Uh, Butcher some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Here. I'll screen share because I have their, their products on my computer. Um, but this is really important because most, most people like, and like you're saying, like people are, everybody's doing something different. Most people right. aren't, ha, have no idea. And I, I was in the same boat, right? Where it's like, I, I almost had, feel like, uh, it, if they were to guess even the average, even, even maybe you'd be on the average, it's, it, they would never guess, Oh, maybe I should deload or maybe I should even like, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You right. know, it's an, always an increase, which that's more of like, okay. And, well, and, no. And there's so many things, so many variables you can be looking at. Um, oh, so the, okay, I'm going to keep that in mind that you said that. Um, okay, so maximum adaptive is the amount of training that in one any, any one unit of time yields the greatest adaptive response. Right. So uh, notice how he says any one unit of time. So um, that's important because uh, this is kind of like a moving target, right? And this is going to be, right. um, you can't stay here. Right. Right. You'd have to go up. So the way they, 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 Eventually they, adapt. they have to period, you have to periodize from your MEV right. to your MRV, which is MRV is the maximum recoverable volume and the highest amount of volume of training an athlete can do in a particular state situation and still recover. Right. That's yeah. your, that's your ceiling as far as training goes. I remember right. we were talking a couple of weeks back and uh, you were like, man, my chest is sore when I go, you had reoccurring oh, soreness going into a training session and you're right. like, I'm not getting stronger. So most likely, and that was like, I remember like 18 sets for your chest. Most likely that's your MRV. Most people sit around like 20 sets for their MRVs for the most part. Um, I would say like my arms right now, for some reason, they sit around like how many sets that are you? 6, 12, 18, 20, 24, which is like ridiculous. But it makes sense why they haven't been growing all this time. Right. Um, so you have those landmarks, right? So your, your guy doing eight sets, maybe, maybe at his MEV, he may not even be there and that's why he's not growing. Um, but it's important to remember that individual muscles have their yeah. own volumes too. So you right. can't just prescribe, uh, 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 I'm going to do 10 sets for every body part. That could be a good starting point, but you have to, um, look at certain variables and see if those, the volume you're going to get to that end, end spectrum. And then you'll look at different variables. Like, um, I'm training my quads. Like I think like eight sets a week right now, my arms 24 and my quads are growing, I would say. Right. Um, right. so, you know, cause they're just hyper responsive to training. So the person doing eight is probably, uh, maybe getting enough for some body parts over a long period of time, not doing anything. It may make sense to increase for that person, but the person who's doing 20 sets, it doesn't necessarily make sense to increase because then they run into problems. Do you, um, do you think that it's possible? Let's say that uh, the sets remain the same for that particular individual, let's say eight uh -huh. sets, but their weight is going up. Would that mean that I guess in terms, it might not be fully adapting to the volume um, because the weight is changing. So technically there is more muscle. I mean, eventually he'll hit a wall there too. I'm assuming as far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is a tough one. I, I think I'd have to thoroughly understand the concepts a little bit more, but, yeah. um, I would say no, because I think you're not providing enough stimulus. Okay. So you need those extra sets to provide an adequate amount of stimulus 
And then getting stronger with that adequate amount of stimulus will, will in turn cause more muscle growth. If that, that's right. what I would assume uh, based on my understanding. So you need to be in that range at least. Like it's like there's a, there's a bunch of different things that the boxes that need to be checked for maximum hypertrophy to occur. And I think right. you need to be at an adequate amount of stimulus with adequate amount of sets and then get stronger there and you will be able to produce hypertrophy over weeks. So in this context, um, you know, that's one of the variables. So, and, and this person who increases over here at 20 set is going to run into issues where they get burnt out. And uh, like, it's funny, um, uh, Mike Isertel said this before, is oh, yeah. it, your body kind of makes you deload. So you, they'll, they'll get an injury or they'll get really sick it, and they it won't. It just they, happened to my buddy. Just happened really? to my buddy. Really? Going up in weight, he was squatting like close to four, I think 455 and stuff. And he was getting yeah. stronger and stronger. And finally, uh, I because I, I did the program, the last program, when I was telling you about my chest with him, and yeah. right after the nine week program, I told him, "Hey, dude, now's a perfect time to take a good deload." And then, yeah. and what he did was he restarted the whole program with new weights, oh. new weight increments. And I think he went maybe a week or two in. But the and, same, like the same, he brought his nine, his his heaviest weight from nine weeks onto his first week, onto his first week, and started yeah. all over. Um, and he was telling me, he's like, dude, I'm, uh, I'm getting weak. He told me he, you know, my strength wasn't there today. And then now he hurt his back. Oh shit. Yeah. That's uh, it's exactly what he, it's funny that like Mike says this stuff and like, I don't, I didn't observe all of it with myself. Uh, yeah. but I hear these stories and I'm like, shit, that makes so much sense. Like, Oh yeah. Um, and I've had that with myself too. He said, basically, yeah. He said your body will make you do a deload because what happens is your, um, your, your nervous system can't recover. Um, at that point, I wouldn't even say your muscles can recover, um, but your yep. joints and connective tissues as well. They need at least a week. And after multiple training cycles, they may need a whole month of like lower training intensity to be able to handle the, the, the load and the stress of another training cycle. Right. Um, Which a lot of people don't think about those. They, they always think, oh, I'm not sore in my muscles. But, you know, your, your tissue, certain ligaments, tendons, connective, t they don't get stronger. You know, it's right, not right, like exactly. So that's why it's so important to have a structured, yeah. What were yeah. you saying? I didn't, I didn't hear that last well, part. Well, you're just putting so much stress on your body at that point. Right, right. And, and so I'll get into that too. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Um, that's why it's important to have a structured deload in your plan where it's just like you do it no matter what at a certain week. Because yeah. uh, like I would say a great standard for most people is six weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have really that's, intense, yeah. really hard training, maybe four. Uh, at that six week mark, great place to just deload. doesn't matter if you, if you feel really strong and good to go at the end of that fifth week, it's still smart to deload. Um, in most right. cases, uh, from what I understand too. For, uh, uh, for the people out there viewing, what, is there multiple ways to deload? Is there a standard deload? Um, so I, and this is another topic that we talked about on, on my podcast with Mike. Um, and I'll link that down below, but, uh, basically, so I, what I see most, let's, let's, let's start by saying progressive overload is one of these, those steps that I think has to be there. Well, I don't think I've, it's been proven that has to be there for hypertrophy to occur. You have to be getting progressively stronger over time. You, you can be, you can get progressive with your frequency your the amount of time that you rest, um, the volume, you can get progressive over time. So there has to be a progressive overload, um, stimulus for that to occur. Um, what, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I just totally like, well, is there, is there, um, for like the deload itself, is there like maybe, okay, well I'm going to reduce my, my whole oh, volume, yeah, yeah. the weight. So, um, what was I saying? I, I just wanted to, to kind of set that up as a part. So, uh, a lot of the coaches that, pro, uh, preach this progressive, 
uh, approach. Right. Um, a lot of them use a deload as an opportunity. And this is, these are some of the mainstream coaches. They are probably the more evidence-based and I don't want to name call uh, more of the more evidence-based uh, coaches in the bodybuilding field right now, um, which we're headed in a good direction. And this is again, where our discussion with Mike went is that like everything's heading in that direction, which is great. But um, we talked about this on the podcast is like, I asked Mike, what is, what, what do you think of like deloading with just less volume, but still using your rep, max rep weight, mm-hmm. um, which I've seen some people do. So that obviously that's a good, a, a bad example, right? You don't want to use your max load to deload with, with less volume, right? You're just training with maybe even to some of these guys, maybe even still going to failure with your max load. Obviously, what is the point of a deload? We're going to right. drop the fatigue accumulated over a training cycle. We're not trying to improve in a deload, right? You're trying to drop the accumulated fatigue on the, the, the connective tissue, the joints and the muscles and the central nervous system. Right. So you need to reduce loads for that to occur. You get less CNS fatigue, you get less strain on the joints um, mm-hmm. from a deload. So we don't want to be using max amount of weight. Um, I would say a good standard to look at for most people would just be half the amount of reps um, as your starting week, half the amount of reps that you normally do. Um, sure. Half of the load, 50% of the load, and then uh, volume. What's the volume? Volume would probably just be like two two sets. Um, okay. I, w- I don't know what the actual volume, like that would probably on average be about half the volume too. Okay. So and say you change, uh, do you think it's uh, good to kind of change deloads based on what, what's going on? Like let's say you're struggling for even six weeks in, you're saying, man, I'm really not going anywhere. I'm super sore. Should you make the deload more complicated versus I feel great. I'm gaining a lot of strength. I don't think I need a deload. No, I would say, I would say in most cases you would keep it at like a standard, just do that, get, and then reset your training cycle. Um, yeah. and use those new weights as your, your baseline for that new cycle of training. Um, yeah. I don't think there's, there's stuff called like, there's one, there's something called a reactive deload, which basically you would observe that you're overreached in a certain muscle group. Like say you're mm-hmm. training your biceps and you notice connective issue, um, connective tissue, uh, like you, maybe you're, you have tendonitis and your biceps aren't recovering and all this stuff and but everything else is good and you're on like week three of your your program you could then cut the volume in half uh for your biceps that later that week and then start with less sets the following week i think i told you to do that with your chest as well um and that would be called the reactive deload and then you progress back up with your biceps and then you could you observe that and you know now that is my my mrv for my biceps right like oh shit i hit that ceiling you know sometimes it's like four or five sets for one muscle group um, yeah. cause with your accumulated, like your rowing movements and all that stuff, you know, your biceps take a toll from that as well. Right. So, right. um, so, so that can happen. You can do reactive deload, uh, but otherwise I would just keep it standard. You need to, and I wouldn't recommend not training. Um, uh, Mike talked about this on my podcast as well as like it, actually providing that stimulus, still taking the muscles through the range of motion is actually net. Um, like it's, it's less it causes more recovery than if you don't do, if you don't yeah. do anything basically yeah i would assume um, i mean you're you're pumping more i feel like you're putting, putting blood blood exactly. oxygen yeah. fresh yeah. nutrients to the muscles exactly but you're not causing any of that strain and no stress that normally comes with a training cycle right. so yeah that's basically i mean that's a short overview like uh mike does a really good job of training uh, he explained that on my podcast which is a, a great resource and i still go back and watch so that's a good place to look for that as far as volumes go work between yeah. your mev and your mrv Um, there's debate on whether you should be progressing over weeks. The way that they do it is you progress up to your MRV and then you deload. Right. Uh, Um, 
but but you could also because because the thing is adding a set like so if we're adding sets like so say it's like a it's linearly going up we're adding sets as we go along Correct. um adding one set versus adding five pounds to the bar or adding one rep adding one set is astronomically more fatiguing than just adding a pound to the bar so we have this potential to cause um overreaching overtraining um if we're adding too much sets all at once so it would be something you maybe add a set here add a set here if you notice that you're you're like in your situation your chest you train your chest and it's it's not sore you know no stress you add a set uh train your chest again not sore no stress on the joints or ligaments no, no signs of overreaching add a set again now your chest is sore we stay at that volume we don't increase that volume at all until maybe you stop getting sore from that volume then maybe you can add a set and we would just increase either load or reps at that set amount if that makes sense mm -hmm. No, that that's, my, no, that's my no, understanding no. of it. Right. Um, so, so again, so we, but, but you don't want to start at your MEV and stay there because right. your body adapts to what you're throwing at it. Right. So right. at your MEV, you can get gains. You can get gains at a, uh, using repetitions of reserve. That's another thing that they use. And, uh, and maybe I'll explain that in a sec. Um, remember, you can still yeah. get, you can still get gains here. If you're training with only two sets and three repetitions in reserve, you can still get gains here. So why, right. Why would we do 20 sets when we can only, we, you got to think about if you're approaching training, how many weeks, like what, what's going to happen the week after. If you do 20 sets, one repetition in reserve, you can only sustain that for a week until shit starts hitting the fan, right? Now right. you got to fucking deload. So you got only one, maybe Second one productive week of training. Weeks. Right. Right. And, and a lot more fatigue that was generated from that one week versus, oh, we start down here. What the fuck? Like why? Wouldn't it be, you know, if you can get, do two sets at three RAR, like it's like fucking walking in the gym and doing some curls. Like you can get mm -hmm. gains there. Why not? Why would I yeah. jump over here and just fucking yeah. run myself on the ground? I feel like people need like the, you know, someone you were exampling, like, why would we feel like we don't need to start at 20 sets. We build our way up to 20 sets. Dilo, right. If that makes sense. So, Oh, hundred percent. So, so there are people who are maybe coming into your MAV and just staying there a whole cycle, but you can get, it makes more sense to do it linearly because you can get gains here and you'll adapt to that stimulus. You need to provide more, more stimulus, um, you know, some progressive progressive component in the volume aspect. So then you need to come here, MAV, and then you need to come up to your MRV. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then obviously at this point, you know, you deload obviously. So, so some people will say, keep that volume the same. Um, this guy isn't wrong and this guy isn't wrong. They just both need to be going up and periodizing their, their training. Um, so if that makes sense. And then obviously the overtraining part will come into here. This, so this person, uh, eight sets, maybe over under training, uh, on certain muscle groups. And this person over here, maybe overtraining on certain muscle groups. Um, if that um, kind of that, that makes sense in that continuum. For, uh, just out of your opinion, what do you think of, um, for the deload week itself, do you change nutrition or do you usually keep that the same give or take? Yeah. I mean, so actually I no, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I actually, um, did a deload this last week. It's kind of shit because the fires are in Santa Cruz where my gym oh, is. So right. I deloaded, started my training week and then the fires happened. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of it's been upsetting for my, yeah, it's been kind of upsetting for myself, but you know, at the end of the day, like what can you do? Um, it's kind of, I wish I was in Reno right now so I could just train, but oh, um, it's crazy. Cause there's smoke over here too from some of the fires. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really bad over here. Uh, but like I, I way worse over there. It's yeah, if, if I go outside, there's ash on my car like every day. Yeah, that's so, what that's I mean, what my brother was telling me. And I was, I wasn't. So the gym's in Scotts Valley, which is one of the evacuated areas, and like oh, yeah. there, 
there's like like chunks of ash like just falling out of the sky and uh i could barely breathe like i actually was like i'm glad i have to wear a mask right now because i can't breathe without one so yeah i was hoping they would just keep it open like oh well you guys got masks on anyway you can just yeah, yeah. breathe just in the smoke train real quick. yeah yeah oh no another crazy thing was um so this at a 24-hour gym so um the door was open and the ash had blown through the door. So it was just like gray all over the floor. And like there was footprints. It was pretty trippy actually. Damn, like I felt like, nuts. yeah. And like a lot, ash, an- a lot of the, a lot of the, yeah, there's like just ash, like just blown into this gym, like everywhere. And a lot of the, the, like the bugs and like wildlife were like just dying. So it's just like this weird, uh, you know, there's only me and like two other people at the gym and there's just like this right. weird, like, fog cloud of smoke and like everything's dead and anyway, you you're like walking around it kind of yeah yeah it's just kind of it was a weird vibe for sure but i hope everything goes well over there um you know um but anyway that's a, a tangent but in itself but um so i did a deload that the prior week um and uh i'm and, and i'm actually so now i have to i can't train so i'm isocaloric so i'm at my caloric maintenance um mm-hmm. so i reduced i took out my my intro workout shake um, and, uh, which is, was 75 carbohydrates. And, um, and then I reduced like my post-workout, like I'd usually have some fruit with my, my rice and then I right. took some carbs out of that meal. So I pulled the, the food from my post-workout and intro workout area usually. Um, so then I made, uh, made myself, it, ice- it seems like, yeah, what's up? It seems like it's uh, strictly carbs, right? You're, you, you're kind of, I usually just play around with carbs, especially if I'm like trying to mass, um, I want to pull mostly carbohydrates. Um, because I've built up my rice and I try to build up my rice so high, excuse me, um, with the, with the vertical diet, that's one of the main things is your vertical axis is just building rice and red meat. And, um, right. I try to build up my rice so high that I can just play around with that if I want to manipulate body composition. So, and then maybe when you get closer, you can, you have to, you know, when you're cutting or something, you have to pull some fats. Uh, but yeah, I stayed isocaloric. The thing that would be problematic is if you're like, Oh, I'm going to deload and I'm going to get a little leaner. The yep. problem with that is when you're a uh, hype, hypocaloric meaning you're 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 eating in a caloric deficit you actually cannot recover the things that you're trying to recover during a deload your your cns fatigue won't um get any better uh, or very much better um your your um your your muscles won't recover your 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 joints and connective tissues won't be able to recover as well so you do not want to be hypocaloric which um, is a huge conception too especially right, right. The rest you don't want to cycle it and it's like your rest and help your body rest. You know, you got to be really yeah, strategic with the way you do this, and you can't just you can't just start cutting. You know, like you, cutting th- these things need to be planned into your programming really well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was isocaloric, um, and then I would go back and do it because I would just get fat if I stayed hypercaloric, right? I kept eating all those carbohydrates, and I'm not training nearly with nearly as much volume, uh, especially right. with the intra-workout drink. Um, so isocaloric, I just maintained my weight from that training block which is good because now if you were pushing your weight up, you can get acclimated at a new weight and then push up again. Right. And then acclimated at a new weight, push up again. Um, and then you can use those lo- and do those in longer phases later, like a full maintenance of like a month or two where you just maybe uh, try to recomp, get a better body composition at that, um, that calorie amount and that weight. Um, but yeah, so as far as nutrition, you would, in a deload phase, you would want to be uh, isocaloric, meaning you're at your caloric maintenance. Um, mm. so yeah, that's the reasoning for that. Um, one thing I wanted to mention too, so the whole topic is over or under training. Um, uh, basically, um, obviously, we, should, we didn't even define those terms, but uh, under training would be that you're not getting um, adequate stimulus enough to grow um, and you're not providing that. Um, and then overtraining is 
what, wait, the way you'd identify it is your, your fatigue is way too high. Um, a lot of people, it's funny, people will talk about like under, you're not overtraining, you're just under eating, right? Oh um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so one thing I wanted to talk about in that uh, regard, and I think I have it written here is, um, uh, managing like variables of recovery. So mm -hmm. it's possible that that person doing 20 set or it's possible that either of those examples, um, are maybe able to recover from that volume. Right. Um, but, but they're not providing adequate, and this is probably most people adequate, uh, recovery processes such as sleeping enough or eating enough. Yeah. Um, so once you have those there, those are accounted for, then we would mainly look at training volume. But if yeah. you're only sleeping like five hours a night and you're not getting enough like protein or, or carbohydrates in order to recover from the training, then that whole volume uh, thing gets messed up. You know what I mean? Like it's right. not as, right. So you'd be looking at on the issue. I feel like, yeah. So you'd be looking at those modalities first, right. In most cases. And I think a lot of the time people like college age individuals don't necessarily you know, they might be, you know, they might say they, they sleep enough and they train enough, but especially like, if, like you at a college, people aren't sleeping eight hours a night. So no, they're not important. sleeping. Diet's complete shit. You know? Yeah. So that would be another reason why maybe someone may get injured or they are not recovering properly. So that's a consideration that first and foremost, before looking at training volume, you want to look at those variables too. Uh, Cause it's kind of hard to provide a progressive stimulus if you're not uh, eating adequate enough calories or sleeping enough. Right. Your right. body does most of its recovering while you're asleep. Um, and right. I think people underestimate that. I'm actually going to hopefully do a whole video on this, uh, like uh, sleep hygiene and like my protocol for that uh, soon, because it's just, it, I don't know if, did you ever watch a uh, Joe Rogan with Matthew Walker? I think his name is. Um, is that the, is that the, I, I think I, I passed by on YouTube on this day. So, so watch that one. It's, it's, he's asleep, uh, like a neuro, right? Yeah. Yeah. Neurobiologist or something. For a while, I, I want to say, I, uh, I, I remember seeing the video itself. And the yeah, I've seen snippets, but no, definitely watch that whole podcast because he talks about like um, 30% 30, 30 uh, performance degradation when not getting out of like a, a difference of an hour in sleep. Um, yeah, so yeah. It, people will say it's important, but like you cannot hit home how much is important if like without repeating it constantly people just don't they people i feel like regurgitate oh sleep's important sleep's important but they don't actually sleep enough and then it's just like right. like i i feel like people don't really understand the importance of sleep to growth i mean like um a couple a couple good examples in bodybuilding like uh stan when he talks about getting his pro card with flex he literally would sleep in between training sessions he would sleep like nine ten hours a night and then he would sleep like two hours in between his training sessions yeah to yeah. be able to recover from the workload training twice a day. And then in Kuwait, uh, I remember Regan Grimes talked about when he came back, how productive that environment was for, for bodybuilding. He mm -hmm. would allow them, they would, they would basically just that they were instructed by their coaches. You need to nap whenever you feel tired, like yeah. go to sleep. And that's kind of their life is just that there's food delivered to them at, at all times. And then they just, when you're tired, you go to sleep and, um, that's, they're able to recover, able to, um, handle a larger workload, because they are sleeping so much and they're able to grow makes, makes sense because I'm, I'm, you know, in my head, I'm thinking there, there's, there's essential things you're getting out of sleep that you can't get anywhere else unless you're right. I guess, uh, taking synthetic, you know, well, even then I, they, they, I feel like they can't. And it's funny because I remember when I sent you that thing. So the book I'm listening to is on recovery and I was oh, like, yeah. no amount, yeah. no amount of methamphetamine will make up for not sleeping enough. And yep. it's like, you know, 
yeah, you may be tired from not sleeping, but you're also under recovered. You in talking in terms of fatigue, um, you know, uh, reducing fatigue and, and reducing, um, systemic fatigue, you need that sleep to help that uh, to occur. So that, that is an essential part of the deload. I don't know if you saw my Instagram post a couple weeks or like when I was talking about the deload, but I was like, I slept more this week. I yep. got rid of the caffeine, which is a CNS stimulant and I slept more and I was able to, you know, reduce a lot of the fatigue that way. So yeah, it's like, you cannot make up for it in any way. Like growth hormone, taking growth hormone doesn't necessarily make up for not sleeping. No, yeah, for sure not. You know, there's so many added benefits to it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's there's like, countless studies on sleep, countless studies. On yeah, sleep. no, that's why you should look at Matthew Walker because I think he's produced a lot of that. Um, oh, sure. But what was I going to say? Um, uh, let's okay. see. I lost my train of thought. I was, well, I know Rich Piana talked about, um, what the fuck is that drug? It's um, GHB. And oh, it was increasing your REM cycles. I don't know how much efficacy that has. Bodybuilders used to take it before it was like a an actual narcotic, like used for oh, partying yeah. and stuff. And the before it became like a Schedule Three, I think. Um, but it increases increases your REM cycle. Um, but I don't know if if that has any work. I don't know. I feel like we can't hack sleep. I just feel like it's so crazy when you hear these people like you need to sleep four hours a, a night and then you're going to be successful because you work the other eighteen hours. The thing yeah. is with well, well, the thing is though, your product productivity in that whatever window, 20 hour window, because you're only sleeping four hours is reduced so much that it would right. just make more sense to sleep eight hours. Right. Exactly. And then when speaking performance, it's also degraded. So right. um, and that's the other thing. Some people might wake up. Oh, I feel great. I only slept like five hours, but I feel really good. You might yeah. feel good, but it, the benefits inside, you're not you know, right, right. Definitely. And some people have become acclimated to less sleep. I think some people can handle less sleep, like six yeah. to eight hours for sure. But, but also you, you got to think about it. Like that's your baseline, right? If you, if you don't sleep eight hours normally, your best feeling is six hours or five yep. hours. So you're like, well, yeah, I feel like shit all the time. That's normal. Right. right. Um, so that's important too. like sleep eight hours for a week and, and, and see how you feel. And then that should be your baseline. Right. It's yeah. just like someone who's like really unhealthy, like honestly, I have a hard time, uh, conceptualizing this because I've never actually like eaten really unhealthy my whole life. Um, yeah, I mean, except it. for me, except, except for me when I was really young, yeah. but it's hard to understand and think about maybe how other people feel. And this is where sometimes like as a coach, it's kind of hard and maybe I should just take a time and just like, you know, feel like shit for a while and eat some McDonald's every day for every meal. But, yeah. um, I, I kind of have a hard time understanding like what, 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 like if I were to be put in someone's like body who doesn't, you know, has, doesn't have any nutrition, doesn't train at all with weights, how would I feel, you know, and what would that baseline be? And how would that compare to where I'm at currently? Um, well, I have no, yeah, what's up? that are linking, um, psychological disorders to, you know, nutrition. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, and, you know, so yeah, no, I, to see, well, there's more to it than just the, the looks and the, yeah. You know, you, uh, sleep disorders too. Um, oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, like having seizures, uh, something about, uh, or having the tongue on the roof of your mouth during sleep stand. Yeah. I mentioned this once, uh, actually led to, um, uh, children and adolescents to have more, uh, uh gender disorders, having the actual t- like not allowing bre- breathing through your mouth, having the tongue on your roof of your mouth, uh, re- let, led to some developmental problem that led to gender disorders. So I, it's wild. I mean, it's, it's so complex. I couldn't even begin to yeah. um, explain some of that. I mean, or even understand it. But. Oh my God. It probably, I, I can't even imagine like, 
I, I don't know how they study the brain exactly. I with like all these neurons <laughs> up and it's like yeah. But I can't even imagine where, where to even start with that. We, you know? we understand so little about all this. I mean, even when, when I'm talking about training, like this is the best understanding that we have right now scientifically. Exactly. And, and, and like, I mean, and look, it, it, it plays out in bodybuilding. Like why does someone like Big Rami exist? Because yep. we understand some of this shit. Like if, right. we, if we were still doing the stuff that they were doing back in Arnold's day, um, he might not, you know, we might not understand some of this. Like it, it, and he right. would, probably wouldn't be as big. Um, oh, yeah. so, uh, it, obviously there's been an evolution with the physiques based on our nutrition and our training knowledge. But yeah, I mean, uh, there's no, that's the thing too, is like people are so attached to certain things like training yeah. so, a certain way. And it's like, dude, you cannot be attached to certain things when train, like when our, when our understanding of things is constantly evolving, like you got to be able to say, Oh, there's new information. I need to be able to accept that and not be emotionally attached to this, just training system or whatever, you know? Which like is I'm doing it because it's always changed, you know, uh, the right. textbook they might have in 2007. Now they grab it and throw it away. They say, this right. Is same concepts, whole different book with whole new material because you, right. And, that, and that's a problem with, with, I, I see with bodybuilding is there there's, and these guys are kind of on the out, but some of those gurus are just so attached to training a certain way. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like we've evolved past a lot of that, right? Why, yeah. why are we still eating no fat and, and, and all these foods that cause digestive distress? when we right. literally had a era of people who were called like the bubble gut, like we had gut yep. stomach distension and they're still yep. eating these foods that just don't agree with them. And I'm like, you know, and people are moving on beyond with that. Like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't eat asparagus or broccoli that we've shown that they have no really other benefits other versus these other vegetables and they digest better. Like, you know, there's certain things like that where there's, there's some certain attachment to like, Nope, this is what works. This is bodybuilding. You need to train to concentric muscular failure for 30 yep. sets. But it's like, Oh, we have, we have, we have literature to suggest that if you, you actually have a dramatic amount of fatigue when you train to complete muscular failure. So maybe that has yeah. a context before you deload, but maybe over here you could actually get some gains, not training to failure. And you have these people who are emotionally attached to, well, I got to train to failure. I'm not a pussy. Like, you know, all this bullshit, yeah, like exactly. so that exactly. emotional attachment is very problematic when it comes to these things and the evolution of these things. And you can't be uh, close-minded, you know, especially if you want to be, if you want to advance, you just can't be close-minded. You right, got to be, right. you know. Your gains but, will stop wherever you, you know, your, your, your information and your knowledge stops, right? And right. same with you in school too. It's like your understanding of this stuff will stop where you stop, you know. And right. it, it's crazy because I see some actual like PhDs and stuff who, who do this where they like, it, it's interesting. I, I don't know if there's a term for this. Uh, maybe you can, you can fill me in, but like, is there like a term for like, okay, so we have confirmation bias, right? So mm -hmm. if you're present, if, if I were to do 20 years of research and I've come to these scientific conclusions, maybe I've done my thesis on some things and I'm like, oh, this is how things are, right? right. Um, is there like, I feel like there are some researchers who by the, by the, the, the information that they have, even if it's the most um, like it's peer reviewed, randomized control trials, um, uh, meta-analysis that the most solid information they have they are they are controlled by their biased understanding of that information does that make sense so like oh so, no that happens all the time actually so like it, if it, i'm it, like it, yeah what's up it's, here's here's an example that i could give because i i i see it and i've seen it before it's kind of like one of those things where where you're following the data and you kind of predict the next step you're like all right well it should show this yeah and i, I would run an experiment and we wouldn't see that and we keep running it and it's like, we're getting the same results here. Yeah. We can't, we can't hope that it's going to show what we think it's going to show because it's not showing that that's 
we got to follow what we have, which is the data. So, and that, that's common. That happens actually, I would say kind of a lot. Right. Because your emotion is like, you want, you want this result to happen. Right. right? And it's like, right. well, that result isn't happening. So you have to be willing to you're understand it. Blaming it on your, Oh, it could be maybe an error and a human error, but it's like, well, we've reran it. We, yeah. Six, you've reproduced these the results, result, you know? Right. Well, so, and it's, it's funny because the people who do that, like what I, what I just described, they are aware of what you just described. They know okay. that. Oh, like totally. there's a couple of people that I'm thinking of in mind that I'm not like, and I don't want to cause like drama or anything. Right. I'm not that anybody right. can fucking see this, but um, right. at least at this point. Um, it's all but, in my head. Period, yeah. You know? <laughs> but it's like, so they, they know and are aware of that, 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 that occurrence. Right. But right. they still uh, like, they still make that same mistake in their own knowledge and their own thinking. If that makes right. sense. So oh, yeah. like, I've just seen certain people who are like, well, you know, you have to create a cal caloric deficit to lose weight and you have to do this and you have to do this. And then someone presents some opposing information to them and they're like, well, based on my understanding, you know, I, I guess it's just this confirmation bias, but even for people who are, who are, it's just wild because to be, to know that, to be aware of that, to have done research yourself and then to still be biased in a certain, like, look, like you might be uh, higher up in like, you might be closer to the truth than right. someone else. Like someone's over here and you're here and here's the truth, right? We're never actually right. at truth. You might be closer right. to the truth, but the the thing is, I think maybe sometimes they ha they're like, I have it figured out because I've seen all the data. Right. And maybe there's a certain superiority like complex where uh, anything you were be able to propose to me um, isn't true because X, Y, and Z, like they maybe make rationale for why it might not be true coming from a specific source. And then right. they're saying, well, based on the data I have, this is the truth. Right. So maybe that maybe people think they're actualized. They're actually at the truth. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's crazy. Cause obviously I'm not a researcher. I never did, you know, I never did that amount of school. I never did any research myself, but I just see this happening where these people are attached to um, outcomes and they're attached to like, this is the way it is. And yeah. it's crazy oh, yeah. that, that the PhDs, the people who are the highest up in science, people who conduct the research themselves are still doing that, right? right? The people who are aware of it, they've, they, they've identified right. that they've, what you've talked about reproducing results and they're Which conflicting their, because they're right. not, they're supposed to be the experts to say, okay, well, well let's move on. Yeah. To the next. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a pride thing. You know, yeah. I think, I think what it is too, is cause I've seen certain things where people have been working on like projects and experiments for, for years and, and they're, they're moving and moving and moving and moving. And finally they hit a wall. Where it's like, yeah. look, it, it, it doesn't translate. Maybe it works in an immortal cell line, but when we transfer it to rats, yeah, we don't see the same thing. It happens, you know. And, I and, think and maybe maybe that's where their bias intercepts the data right. too, where they're like, well, well nope, nope. Like, yeah. like, what if you did this long study trying to figure out something about nutrition, mm -hmm. and something something in that data um, conflicts with like calorie balance, and you're like, well, no, ba calorie balance. We have it figured out. Hard science, you know, tons of data. There's no way. And you just keep right. reproducing that result. You're like, well, maybe I should question my other. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It, it, you know, so, and it's hard too, because I think it, 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 I've been there too, where I've been running certain things and I'm like, Oh, okay, perfect. This works. So if this works logically, the next step, this should happen. Yeah. And it happen. And it there's a, totally off. And I'm like, there's a logical fallacy um, that I can't remember what it's, what it's called, where the way you're describing, where, where, the, but the, it's, it's what you're describing. It's like, well, if X 
equals yeah. y, then x. So if, if x equals z, then x plus y must equal z or something. I can't remember what it's right. called, uh, but it's it, one of the fallacies. It might be a slippery slope. I don't know. It's one of them. Yeah, there. I'd have to look into it. But yeah, yeah, no, it's a follow. Yeah. Because there's, it, uh, they happen all the time. They yeah. happen all the time. And I think people were, they, people use it as their argument too. They use fallacies in their argument all the time. Yeah. It, I, it, I will say this. That, yeah. yeah. I, I will say this um, is that uh, I, I had the, that little back and forth with Lane Norton. And I'm not going to like bring any more attention to it otherwise. But uh, he does do this thing where, and he's, he's so smart and it, it, it's upsetting to see him do this, but he mm -hmm. does do this thing where um, he will make videos about people who maybe aren't as scientific or maybe don't have as good of an understanding of things as he does. And he does the, uh, the uh, defamation of character. Like he'll call them stupid and he'll call them this and that. And yeah. That, that's, 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 it's the opposite really, of what a scientist is supposed to do. The whole It's really is, upsetting for me to see, uh, um, the whole especially, point, I was told this the other day, actually, which is funny, too, because this happened like a few weeks ago where, where my PI was like, look, the whole point of our job isn't to sound smarter than everybody else. It's yeah. to communicate what we find to the average population so that they're aware. It's not, yeah. oh, you don't understand what this is. You're, you're not. Yeah. You're not the whole point exactly. Because you know? I'm, I'm one of those people who consumes this information from you guys. So now I can apply it to my bodybuilding and make it better and more efficient, right? Sure. Um, and so what to do. So yeah. And, and one thing I've noticed that like now I'm stepping into this realm where I want to try to get some of that conversation occurring is that like some people like when I'm reaching out to people to do podcasts, some people like almost like or like, well, like it's weird. It's like we know. I don't know. It's like it's it's like the the uh, um, like judgment of people like, oh, you're just a meathead kind of thing or, you right. know, you're just a bro, whatever. Like, and I feel like I get that vibe. Like maybe someone doesn't outright say it, but I get that vibe from people like, well, I know more than you. Uh, yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, I, obviously you do. Like I, I, and I would never take that away from anybody. I'm just trying to get that information out. So other people maybe like maybe my dialect and my, maybe my physique may actually get more people who wouldn't otherwise be interested. So if yeah. we can use me as like a bear, uh, as like a, a communicator of some of this information, get it back to you. Then we have this whole continuum of everybody's getting more. That's kind of my, it's like to say, well, it's, it's funny that you say that too, because it's like the same thing I, I see in like certain classes all the time is that I'll, I'll see like a student trying to say like something super, some super like I guess scientifically pretty average yeah. like you could say it make everybody understand it but they they use these complicated terms mm. and it's like you're not helping anybody by trying to confuse just say what yeah. it is you know yeah, make, exactly. make the language common you're you're smarter by making more people understand it than than trying to sound smarter and making right. four or five people understand it. well yeah. and and and, and you know, someone I, I've heard this before is like if you can't explain uh, a complex thing simply. Right. then you don't understand that thing, right? Exactly. Like you can't take this one thing and break it down. You don't actually understand it to its full depth because you yeah. can't break it down into layman's terms. Um, Which is so yeah, how I understand things too. So when yeah. sometimes they're using these, I'm like, I'm sorry, what, can you make it, you know, make yeah. it a little Well, that's what, that's I, great. I like, uh, you know, in layman's that's why, that's why you should always look at, at Mike's videos because he uses yeah. tons of analogies and he always breaks stuff down. And that's where I got, that is literally where I got, uh, why we're even talking right now is because like oh, yeah. I, I, I got drawn in by one of his videos because he was making things sound more understandable and look like I understand his terminology now when he uses bigger words. But when I first started, I was like, well, I, I don't get bored by this video because I don't understand the terminology. I was sucked right. in right away. And now that I understand more of the dialect, I, 
without that occurring, I would never yeah. be able to understand the dialect because my interest would have, wouldn't have peaked. I wouldn't have gotten down it's, this rabbit hole. It's almost like article papers too. Cause I've seen article papers where I've read like an abstract and I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on at all. Yeah. I, I sent you that meme where it's like, uh, Maddie sent that me that to, that to me where it's like, you know, research, what was it? Like researchers expect us like get mad that we don't understand the study. And it's like written in fucking a foreign language. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, you know, even me, they, I remember doing, uh, in my undergrad too, uh, it was like one of my senior year classes, we had to uh, go through this, this paper and pretty much simplified the class. And we're going through this paper, we're, we're like six pages deep and we're like, I, what the hell is going on? Talking about? Yeah. You know, I've never heard of this stuff. I, I you know, I, I don't yeah. know what technology they're using. Like, here, here's a yeah, they're like, here's a paper. It's written in Latin, um, yeah. and yeah. it's a decipher dead language. And go, you know, <laughs> yeah, decipher it first. It's yeah. a dead language. You're gonna have to uh, call some people, decipher yeah. it, it's and then get translators. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, just get a bunch of people on the line. It might take a couple months, but then you'll understand the stuff. Do tomorrow, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> do tomorrow. Yeah, no shit. That's a little funny. Yeah, yeah. so I was. That's kind of like I don't even know how I got on that tangent, but it's just definitely something that like. I, I really had like a, I showed you I to, for people listening I had this like little back and forth with um, laying on one of his posts and uh, it kind of like it, it definitely spoke to like some insecurities like I definitely need to do more research myself and stuff like uh, to be able to put information out I want to do more research and be smarter but at the same time it would just more upset me because like I was like dude like I'm a fan of you like I'm a fan of these guys you know, and when I ask a question and you kind of like try to be, it's like, I felt like a, like the school nerd and like all the fucking football jocks were like, yeah, fucking idiot. Like, you know what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Kind of what it felt like. I got ganged up on like. I remember even seeing the comments and stuff and even, even seeing like the experimental design and setup. And if you're not clear with it, what the experimental design is, then no one's going to understand it. Yeah. Not That's why. And I was just trying to, I was just asking to clarify um, and in the, in the context of this study, I, I, th I thought there should have been a control. So he, he right. was comparing one modality, to uh, I guess just comparing one modality to another, but I was like, well, shouldn't we have a control? Because what if this one mode, like it was icing versus active recovery? What if right. we, you know, what if active recovery, um, caused it, which, which actually now that we just talked about fatigue, active recovery does cause less, it uh, does cause more recovery than doing nothing. Right. So it would have been really but interesting to see all these together, right? Think about it this way. If the ice is, if, let's say, he was saying pretty much the icing is um, reducing these inflammatory markers. Which you need help. Yeah. Right. So if you're icing versus doing nothing, you might be getting more out of doing nothing and letting your body naturally recover that than yeah. icing it and actually it, just wipe away all that inflammation. Especially That's not with a proper the, control. Yeah, yeah especially with that context. And now you know what? Like at the same time, I was like, Oh shit, did I like fuck up? I did. Uh, maybe I didn't understand what I read. Okay, so you're totally well. right on it. Yeah. I just asked the first question that came to my head. I was like, I was looking through it. I'm like, well, wait, what, like, what if actor, especially in that context, like what if there's so many things that interact that what, you know, is the icing? Yeah. Like you said, uh, neutral negative, you know, it, we don't know in, in control compared to a control. Um, but yeah, so it kind of like that definitely like, like was, was, uh, upsetting for me in a lot of ways. Um, uh, but yeah, I think, um, uh, he, uh, there was like an attached to this, like, well, this is my study, so you can't poke holes yeah. in it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even answer my question at the end of the thing. I was like, fuck. I know, like, I know. The, the whole, the whole, uh, it's funny because he's like, you didn't read the study, and I don't think he actually read my question. So I was like, right. this is so fucking ironic. But right. yeah. Well, uh, even then, you, the the second comment was 
where you really kind of said, look, dude, you're, 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 there's no control here. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. I tried to clarify. And then, but the last one, I just made it really simple. I was like, okay, so we're only comparing two modalities in this study. Right. Right. And he's like, yes, this is the control. I'm like, fucking thank you. Like that was the first question I had. He read my question. A control. He labeled it it as one, which he can, but that's not what a control is supposed to be. Right. Controls is, is neutral. Absolute. You know what I'm saying? No influence. How it's supposed to be flatlined. Right. And then you do all these crazy Because again, like we just said, active recovery causes you to recover more than not doing nothing being right. in this context would be control. So yeah. that would in, uh, that would influence the results to some extent. Right. Um, and scientifically, if I were to guess, I would say that uh, nothing does more than the ice bath itself, depending on what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and so it would go would uh, as far. Yeah. You know? in, in, in assumed, and okay, for people listening, so that basically icing, it will just put it out. Icing. Uh, Ice bath. Yeah. Hold on, my Siri came up. Um, icing is is not good. It can be used acutely. Uh, I was listening to this recovery book. It can be used acutely. Um, say you have repetitive uh, training bouts, so you don't necessarily need that recovery right now. You just need to be able to get your knee. Say your knees are inflamed from um, squatting earlier, and you need to go in and say you do jujitsu at night. Yep. You need your knees to be fresh. Or that jujitsu, and then not icing after that would be okay. But basically, icing impedes the inflammation response, which doesn't allow, excuse me, doesn't allow um, things to heal correctly. So yeah. same with ibuprofen. So that's what this study found. Um, and and uh, what we're talking about is most likely, if there was a control, we would have icing being, uh, or or how about like active recovery being the most, um, the best recovery you would get. Doing nothing or control would be in, in, in hypothetical situation would be um, right in the middle. And then icing would actually be like you would get negative you recovery. Probably or get, yeah. You wouldn't recover. Non, I'm sure you might even, rec- but it's, yeah, it wouldn't be favorable. Like it, it wouldn't yeah, make exactly. sense. Cause like, so, and that's problem, the, you know, it's, right. it's, you're swollen. Damn near. Yeah. Oh, so, so, yeah. and, and, and the book I've been reading is another book by Renaissance periodization, but, uh, it talks about like maybe like some massage icing, all the shit, basically oh, yeah. the only reason why it really actually causes any recovery, it doesn't actually itself cause recovery, but the actual relaxation aspect of it does cause recovery. Right. So being able to lay on a, on a, on a massage table for an hour and not have your phone and being able to relax actually causes a lot of recovery. The massage itself does almost nothing. So that's uh, something to be aware of is all this passive um, stuff that, that is done to you, not that stuff that you do doesn't actually cause um, better recovery in most cases. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I don't even know how we got on that, uh, that, that topic, but I'm glad we discussed it because that's yeah. something, something yeah. I wanted to talk about for a while. It was definitely um, in my head for, for a while. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, 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 that shit bugged me for a little bit, but I, I want to say, I almost was, commented, you know, that's how, you know what? And, 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 uh, so I, I showed you, I was at Mark, uh, Mark Bell's gym, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, yeah. I got a, I got a modeling gig for his brand. Um, which is like so fucking cool. I, I, yeah. I auditioned totally I fucking I the video, I think in the background. I, I saw, yeah. I so saw I auditioned and I totally fucking bombed the audition. Like I was like so nervous. Like I just, I can't like, I, and you've probably seen, you've seen me public speak in high school. Like I just, I have this thing where I get like anxious and it's not actually that I'm like anxious to talk. My body has this like, um, like sympathetic response where I just actually get like shaky and yeah. it's not like, I'm not actually like, I, I I'm, I'm totally cool up like in my head, at least I'm maybe subconsciously I'm not, but the shakiness 
makes me nervous because I'm like, fuck, it looks like I'm visibly nervous. So what that's what happened is like I came out, there's a panel of people and I'm like, oh shit. And like I was like, I knew it was gonna happen. So I started getting shaky and then I was like, oh fuck, they know it's it or sorry, not they know, but like it looks like I'm nervous. And so then I started right. like kind of getting choppy with my talking. You get in your own head. You know? Yeah, dude. I, I, that's why I want to public speak more. And, and, and I'm sure you noticed in high school, like I did, I think, to your anatomy class once, I, I tried to yeah. speak as much as possible because I was like, yeah. I need to get over this fucking fear or, or whatever is going on. And I actually got good at it for a while. But anyway, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go into this thing fucking, you know, no practice at all, which is probably the worst idea ever. Um, and then I sat in front of this panel and I totally bombed the fucking thing. But they called me back. And nice. because yeah. some other guy was like pre-contest and he got sick. So I was like next in line. Oh, so I was nice. like, fuck, whatever, nice. second yeah. choice, like, fuck yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I got to model his gear, which is so cool. I got to talk to all of them. I was like showing them my progress pictures and whatever. I was yeah. like totally yeah. geeked out. Like uh, Chris, yeah. Chris, the guy who directed uh, Bigger, Stronger, Faster was there. He was talking to me. Like it was just totally cool. But anyway, yeah. I, I was waiting for them to, they were going to do some videos for the, uh, the apparel, like, uh, or the slingshot. And they wanted to do some new, some new uh, story videos. And um, I was waiting and uh, Mark and um, I think her name's Jessica, uh, okay. who works at uh, Super Training with him. Uh, they were doing a video about her diet or whatever. And he mentioned, um, he mentioned Lane in that thing and how Lane emotionally like responds to people. And he, he's like, it's not productive basically like, you know, and you can find this video. It's, 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 uh, it's on Mark's, uh, Mark's page or Super Training's page. I was in the background, but it's him and Jessica standing at like a, a what? Is it on his Instagram page? It's on the Instagram, I think. It's him and Jessica. They're standing at the uh, hyperextension machines, which is like elbow level, and they have shakers. I was sitting in the background, and he talks about Lane in that video, and he's like, yeah, he emotionally gets uh, upset about things. And I, I don't want to focus on this too much, but we talked a little bit after, and um, and he was talking about it. He was like, yeah, man, it's just like uh, it's, it's upsetting to see. And uh, I'm not going to go into details about what we discussed, but uh, too much because I don't want to put too much negative energy out there. But he was just like, yeah, man, like, you know, what Mark does, if you look at what he does, he just tries to get people out there talking about things and, and, and talking about concepts that maybe challenge the status quo and whatever. But it's upsetting right. to see someone emotionally get involved, especially someone who's uh, really well, um, uh, you know, uh, developed and, and knowledgeable. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But yeah, that was really cool. Uh, I got to talk to him about that. Hopefully that opportunity um, presents itself in the future, but yeah, it was a cool experience. Uh, and the, anyway, that, that I talked to Mark after, cause I was like, man, that really made me upset that he did that after we even spoke about the whole thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about, like, um, on recovery at all? Um, basically deload is the best thing you can do. Um, yeah. you know, uh, anything else outside of that is sleeping and getting adequate, um, uh, nutrition and then other nuances here and there, but those are the most things reducing stress. Literally, those three would yeah, be that would be top, top of your list eating, for sure. Sleeping, eating, and, um, and you having a deload programmed in, right? Best ways to avoid overtraining. Look out for signs again. Mike, Mike, and I talked about this. Look out for signs like uh, uh, your 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 progress stops. That's why it's important to track your progress, doesn't continue to go up, it, it stalls maybe one workout. You do reactive deload, it happens again. That's when you need to deload. You need to look at that. Joints are hurting. Um, I noticed after like this last week of going one RIR, my lower back started to get tight, my elbows. So it's a lot of listening to your body, listening yeah. to the data that you produce. Um, in Which your, is hard in your... to do too, you know, because I've been yeah. there too where I'm like, dude, I don't know why I'm so sore, but I, you know, I have to listen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we have this attachment like as bros, like we're just got to fucking go hard all the time, go to failure, blah, blah. And it's right. like, dude, like, you know, it, there's got to be times to pull back. It's, it's like, do you want to just train hard or do you want to have productive training? And it's like, you got to 
it's got a, it's a push and pull all the time, right? This is literally what bodybuilding is. It's a lot of push and pull, a lot of bringing your yeah. calories up and bringing them down and a lot of, you know, training really hard and then training Balance. not as hard. It's yeah. always about, you know, exactly. And that's something I've yeah. learned more. So the last couple of years is like, you can't just be going up for three years and going down and can't get getting stronger with solid progress for a long period. You got to have periods down, but yeah, that's right. kind of just to conclude that topic. Again, uh, RP is a great resource for that if you need any more, but obviously I want to help you design your next high virtue program and like implement some yeah. stuff. If really I think cool. it's going to be soon. I would say probably within the next, like give or take few weeks. Yeah. Let me know ahead of time. Cause I got some clients. So I'd usually do on um, like Sunday, Monday, I'll do um, their, their program. So just let me know like a week ahead of time and I'll type something up and we can work together. Uh, yeah. be really cool. I think. No, I'm I, think. Su- I mean, the thing about it that I think I really love is just, you know what I'm saying? Trying so many different things because a lot of it in the very beginning too is trying stuff that you hear. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. Great. I'm going to try it. And then <clears> now saying mm, like that, it, it sounds great on paper, but like the science isn't quite, you know, right. And you're able to use the information so, you have and, and your experience. Like that's something where I was like, man, I thought, fu- I thought I wasted like seven, eight years. Once I started learning stuff, I was like, oh shoot. I wasted seven, eight years of bodybuilding. I could have been doing this this whole time. Hey, sorry, dog barking. Is that my guinea pig or was imagine? No, <laughs> he thinks he's tough. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like I was like, oh shit, I think I wasted seven, eight years of bodybuilding. And it's like, no, like all of that experience plus now the knowledge I have, it just, it's really, it, it really helps itself. Oh, it's you know, it's together. like, it, it's it, especially with helping other people. You know, I see the shortcomings. I see the mistakes. I see all the stuff that I fucked up on. Mm-hmm. along with the information and practical knowledge I have now. And it's just like, it just, it, it, it all seems to come together in this like really good synergy. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's part of the fun of all this shit, man. It's experimenting right. on yourself, taking the, yeah. taking a new study, applying it to yourself, you know, that's, it, it, so. I, this would be way too boring in my opinion to, to have something set in stone from the get go and stick yeah. to that whole, you know, no just, dude, it's so sick. Oh, there's I was gonna say, yeah, things, yeah. Go ahead. It, it, there's just so many things that just—it's weird that just it might work in somebody because of their this or that or this, and it won't work in somebody else. You know, that's a beautiful. Oh yeah, is, yeah. Uh, a couple of things. So one, I have a client that I had to literally like. I kept pulling his full pulling his food, and he wasn't losing weight. Yeah. And um, I like literally got him down to zero carbs, and he just started losing weight. Like it's just like it makes no sense. Like you would think, okay, well, he's in a defined like from my calculations, he's, he's in a deficit. I had to pull his calories, a thousand calories lower than that to actually put him in a deficit. It's just so weird. Like that's that alone. And then two, as far as the experimental side. uh, So one, you know, people are really individual and you gotta, you gotta learn their bodies along with yourself. And two is like, like I'm looking at research on L-carnitine right now. And that's something I want to try to implement because I've I've read about it up, up, up regulating, um, androgen receptor activity in the actual muscle, uh, when, whether injected or, or consumed in a high quantity. And so that's something like, I'm like, Oh shit, this data is really cool. What if I was on the, the cutting edge of this and I just able to apply this thing and it, and it produces great results. That would right. be so cool. You know what I mean? Which and to actually cool. observe that, you know, right. and that's the craziest part is all these studies that are coming out. Think about even, this is the craziest thing to me too. And this is how, how much I know that we really don't know that much. Every lab right now that's technically working on something, they're working on something new. They're not doing something that, you know, like we've yeah. already figured out what testosterone, nobody's going to do an experiment on testosterone. Yeah. Let's say add something in that's new. Right. Cause how are you going to get funding if it's like, yeah, well we already have yeah. data yeah. on this. Say, Dude, we got like four papers on that. What are you, yeah. what you're going to take my one? No. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's the beauty of it. It's just a, 
there's and even then too because i'm sure you've seen too there's the the amount of contradiction or, or maybe one thing was right back then until we figured out what this key thing did and how it affected it you know there's just so and many pathways that could change that could shift the whole paradigm it could shift you know, everything exactly. that you know like it's just yeah and i mean kind of what we were talking about science, that's too. how it is you know you have so yeah. many steps I, and that's weird yeah. And it's weird. Cause I would have never saw myself going down this path when I was like a, a couple of years ago. Like I never, I would have never thought, but I was just searching for answers and this is where, where I stumbled. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I'm right. like, Oh shit, like this, we got to figure out more. We got to fucking, you know, like I, I need to re read everything. Cause I'm oh, like, no. what, what was I missing? You know, you know, so yeah. exciting for you to actually say, okay, well, let's see what the, how am I, you know, it would be crazy to if people who do this and, and bodybuilders do this is like, it would be crazy to go a whole career and not understand what is actually going on. Like what's going on in your body. Like your, your coach is like, all right, take a thousand milligrams of testosterone and take this and take, I mean, look, that's where I, that's a, that's exactly where I stumbled upon this is I was like, why the fuck am I taking these things? They make me feel like shit and they're not producing results. And I looked right. at the data, anti-estrogens fucking terrible for you. And they don't do much unless you actually have a, an estrogen problem. Like, and, right. and, and I was like, Oh, if I actually question things and look at the data, you know, we get to good conclusions instead of blindly listening and, and, and then actually understanding what's going on. You can know if you're producing results or not. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. if you're not eating in a caloric surplus in your, in your, um, or say you're, you're eating in, in a, a caloric surplus, but it's way outside of your actual needs you, and you're getting fat. If you, if you understand what a surplus is and, and where your, your maintenance calories are, where your actual surplus should be. And you're over here, if you actually understand that and, and then you use, you know, actual like physical, like, Oh, you can understand that, oh, I'm not gaining muscle. I'm just getting fat. Like it, right. it, it, instead of just, you know, not understanding any of that and just being like, yeah, I'm fucking bulking. I'm getting, you know, crazy big. You know what I mean? Not, well, I guess like, that's a, a rough example. But. About that too, even is, is you start to make inferences. You know what I'm saying? Like if you start to understand, okay, well, I know what this does and this says now. Yeah. You could even start to start putting puzzles together. Well, I know it's not this because I know what this does. So could it be this? And then you yeah. test that. You know, yep. versus not saying, all right, coach, what do I do today? This, all right, cool. You literally have no idea what's going on. Yeah, exactly. All you know is what you're seeing change. Yeah. But that could be like a 60% recovery compared to what you should be doing. Right. You might be twice as big. You might be twice as strong. Who knows? And, you know? and well, in your inferences, when you make, like you, when you don't have the, the knowledge or the, the education, your inferences aren't very, like I've listened to some of the inferences that bodybuilders make sometimes and you're like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, oh man, like I'm gonna I'm gonna have uh, McDonald's today, and I'm gonna get a crazy pump from that. And I'm like, yeah, hey, you're sodium deficient. Why are you <laughs> getting a pump from a McDonald's burger? Like, what the fuck are you right. talking about? You know, just some r crazy out there shit. But w when you don't understand, like, like I used to think like getting uh, a spike of insulin, um, mm -hmm. and and eating mass amounts of food was gonna get me huge. And when I didn't understand calorie balance, any of that shit, I was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking, and I was making inferences, but they weren't really like smart inferences. They were just right. like, yeah, like fucking bro science. Like, so right. yeah, I mean that, that alone too, is you can't make, you can't make good inferences if you don't have a if you don't solid have a foundation of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like you can't, you don't know what to do with the data you're receiving. Oh, I'm gaining weight. I'm losing weight. I don't know. What the, you don't know what the fuck's yep. going on. Yep. Um, or, or yeah, yeah or that's another thing where you think you have it right and then you step on the scale a few weeks later and you're the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nothing's changing. Well, and if you don't know how to interpret it, your your data, your your body's data, and you're just maybe going off just how you look at 
you know, there's so many things, so many variables that, right. um, and that's why I always, uh, with, with myself and all my clients, I have tons of data that I collect, man, just, oh, yeah. uh, circumference measurements, your weight, your weight average. Uh, I just built this uh, sheet. That's really cool here. I want to show it to you actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Throw it up here. Let me see what's good with it. And then I'll, let's, I'll show you this and then let's get into some questions because we're just kind of fucking rambling about this shit. Uh, <laughs> shit, this is a client's workout program. Oh, it's good. Was building. Yeah, it's actually, uh, it's terrible. I'm, I'm actually, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing at all. <laughs> I, I don't even, I didn't even put exercises in there. Like I was just like. Just says three sets of eight. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, that, they figure the rest out. I don't know. What <laughs> yeah, you pick those parts. So, okay, I built this sheet, dude. It, God, Monday this last week, I spent, it looks really simple. I spent like at least four hours in front of my computer building this fucking sheet. And it was so upsetting. And I was like yelling at Maddie. Like, I was like, why yeah. isn't this making sense? And I was like looking at my computer screen and like, I couldn't like focus my eyes enough to like figure out if I was using the right formulas. It was just horrible. But yeah. I think fig I figured it out at the end. So what I got here is, is, is a week, eight week training cycle, right? Or weight cycle, yeah. right? Okay. So. Um, you have here the date and your fasted weight, right? And then yeah. um, what what happens is uh, this this cell here takes the average of all of these all these weights, yep. and then this just puts in the date so we can track it later. So yeah. here's my weight average for the week of six fourteen to six twenty, right? Two thirty four. Yep. Now down here, I have the difference between week two and week one. So I've gained I gained one point two three pounds. Right. That gives me an exact number of how much weight on average I gained. Right between we yep between these two weeks and then here I lost point point three pounds hold on I lost point zero three pounds okay shit I need to bump my calories up one point five pounds I gained this week on average yep and so I have all this data right it's just collecting everything I gained a little too much this week I need to pull back oh I lost a half pound and this mm -hmm. week I gained one point three pounds you know what I mean it's so it's so precise I can see and look my my weight the weight I need to gain the rate the rate that I, I'm looking for is one point eight pound uh, per week. So this is pretty close to that, right? It's, it's it maybe a little oh, yeah. bit more. But if I was like midweek, I was like, oh, I'm at only at 1.4 pounds. I can bump my calories up a little bit and get 1.8. It's, it's just so I can be so precise with my adjustments yeah. based on this. Well, which is good too, because I, I think people sometimes forget too, because I've seen it happen all the time. They're on this strict diet for like five, even I'd say five days. And like on a weekend, I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw in a cheat meal here and there. But their cheat meals over like, one to two thousand, you know, one thousand two hundred calories over their maintenance both days. I'm yeah, like, you got to remember it's a balance. You just pulled, yeah, you just pulled you yourself out of if you're if you're in a deficit, you just pull yourself out of the deficit. Right. But yeah, so I mean, this is where I was like, I need I need this data because I need this data to know if my client. Hey, I needed this data to know if my clients are making progress. Like, if you know, on average, what are they? Because I can look at their weight daily, and their weight weight can fluctuate so much, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here, basically? Right. Um, right. So yeah, then here it it, it it graphs it for me. What's going on in a graph? Oh um, yeah. So it's really cool. I have this like now I can actually see like on this graph what's going on with you know oh I'm uh, I stalled here or or I went actually down here. This is actually my deload. I went a little too hard with the. Uh, cutting food back so now i know that i need to maybe pull the calories up a little bit but yeah so that's something i was working on very frustrating but it's, it's really cool let me oh, yeah. copy of that yeah no that looks good that looks really good um okay so um what do we got we had some questions i ain't got really a lot of questions um i definitely need to be more active on my social i'm just kind of like like my me of mine yeah i know you need to post something I think I might, I might make even like a, I'm going to make almost what? 
business, like kind of student, you know? Yeah, dude, of, that'd be sick. That'd be really I cool. I was really thinking about it, like maybe a few days. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to do it. And I'm going to, yeah. um, cause uh, even on my Twitter right now, I actually have a lot of like doctors that follow me and I follow them back too. And they have these oh, that's sick. Interesting research, but it, it's not in the area that I wish. I mean, they're doing research yeah. on these programs. You should do like a research review page or some shit like that. Like where right. you just like read a paper and then you, then you talk that's about it. Like I, I would, that'd be extremely useful for me, dude. And then right. you would be able to learn while you're doing the content for it. Right. right. That'd be sick. And that, that would even help me. I mean, uh, like right now in my lab, I'm, I'm writing a manuscript for NCBI, which, you know, NIH down there. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, it could be, it, it could look really good too. You know, maybe I could yeah. pull the yeah, audience good, people and stuff. Good portfolio yeah dude do, honestly do it all if you if you need any help or support doing that i'm, I'm 100 oh, yeah. percent in oh i can like guest feature and be like yeah this is yeah looking... i think it'd be great i mean see more like protein bro that's, that's yeah. all i'll say i know it's your protein yeah. imagine over and over but i'm getting 400 grams <laughs> up the protein yeah you just gotta increase just a little more increase the protein that's all that's, the, yeah. that's actually all i do is coaching i i literally just tell my clients you need yeah. to do more protein and then like, they'll be like, I'm, I'm literally throwing up and I'm like, yeah. you're a pussy. You need to eat more protein. Add, did you add a red meat in yet? Imagine. Yeah. Like, did you, you eat need, more steak? You mean chicken breast because you're not getting enough protein. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. yeah take the steak, throw it in a blender, yeah. add more steak to that. All right. You're going to add a chicken board nothing on it, you know? Uh, you're going to need another protein shake between the. It's, it's going to be 20 meal a day plans yeah. of just protein. Yeah. Oh, what's right, your macros? Um, oh, it's 100% protein. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't count macros over here, okay? Yeah. It's not, this is fucking bodybuilding, okay? Macro. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, uh, questions. Um, uh, this is actually a question from Maddie. Uh, she was like, how do you balance uh, work, relationships, bodybuilding, and education? My answer to her was, well, I just forget about my relationship and do all the other stuff. Uh and she wasn't too happy with that answer, yeah. but um, I was curious what how you have any like how how you find balance. And I obviously I know like, um, and what I would say is there's certain areas that just kind of have to like maybe take a backseat for certain periods when you're like like right now you're going to school, so obviously your training isn't going to be 100. percent Like there's going to be a little a little bit of a trade off that occurs there, right? Yeah, 100. So um, how was it for I would you? Say, I, I mean, again, it's it's really I think it's all sacrifice. I mean, even like I was telling you earlier, I, I train at 6 a.m. now, you know? Yeah, I train at 6 a.m. So, you know, I, I'm about probably going to go to bed in the next hour or two. Yeah. So it's crazy because, my, you know, hey, what are you doing? Let's hang out. I can't, you know? And it yeah, sucks. yeah. But it's the same thing with, you know, it, it me training that early, me going to class, and then on top of lab, on top of school. You know, you, yeah. you just, I, I guess you really have to prioritize, I would say. But time managed because, again, and, and you probably know too, I'm – I kind of procrastinate a lot. Sometimes I, I'm a yeah, yeah. management and I got stuff piling up on me and, you know, and the worst thing you could do even too is, is raising a quarter, getting stressed out and doing this. And yeah. That. So, yeah. No, um, I mean, there's so much truth to all that. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I would say you're probably better at time management than myself, but um, what, what, what happens with myself, obviously I don't have any deadlines for like the work I have to do, which is, why I was doing content and why I need to get back into it uh, is because it provides a deadline. So I have to actually like, you know, do this by this time and this, and it makes me read stuff and whatnot. But um, I get, I procrastinate so much to where my, my tasks or my action items build up and then I get overwhelmed. I'm like, Oh fuck, I got to do all these things. Um, so that's time management is so important because what happens here is now I get this uh, paralysis because I look at this workload and I'm like, fuck, I can't do all of this. 
And then right. I just do none of it basically. Cause I'm like, I, I don't even know where to begin. It almost like it piles up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you don't want to get in that place. Um, there's definitely a prioritization. Um, one thing I'm trying to learn and, and I'm learning, I'm kind of being forced to do it is take time off and, and take time to re-step back. It, it's like, it's like a, a deload, but for life, basically, you know, you need to take a time where you kind of relax. I mean, you do it, you come home on the weekends, right? <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good too, because like when you're, when you're going full bore at something over and over, it, you get burnt out, you, yep. you know, you get burnt out. And I, I've yeah. seen, you know, I've seen many people, just break down and say, look, I, I, this is a lot. I can't take it. Yeah. Where so, they give up on their, their path altogether because they just can't. And I've seen that with bodybuilding so much where they just like put so much pressure on themselves to succeed. And then they just burn themselves out from that. It's literally like it exists in your head. It's like the pressure oh, yeah. you create for yourself. Of course. Um, you know, so that's extremely important. But yeah, as far as balance, like, again, it's, it, it's elusive. Like there's no such thing as a great, perfectly balanced life. You know what I mean? Like right. a lot of the time when I recognize that I need to work on another area, like say I'm going really hard with the bodybuilding and, and then maybe producing a lot of content. I realize that like, oh shit, like I haven't given my relationship much time. Like we need to go on a, a date. You know, I've been working yeah. on my days off. Uh, and it's just like this whole, like, it's just like, it's like fucking, I'm like walking on a tightrope and I lean really hard to the right and then I got to lean back to the left and now I'm too far right. to the left. And I can, so it's like, that's literally how it's got to be. And it, it, I mean, it's not got to be like that. You can find better balance over time, but a lot of the time it's like, oh shit, I'm over here yeah. now. And I guess where that's where I'm at in my life currently is just like, oh shit, I'm fucking over here. You know, like I'm just training. I need to right. maybe tell people about how I'm doing that so I can get some information. I, you know, it's just, just pulling like back and forth. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like training. Oh, well, I see I have weak points in my biceps. I have to yep. focus on the, you know? So it's, yeah. it's oh, yeah. We could tie so many up. Uh, oh, yeah. What were you saying? It's just super applicable. Balance. Yeah. You know, everything oh, yeah. needs balance. You know, you can't just. Yeah. And again, and then, and balance isn't like a, like pure, like 100% balance isn't real. You know, it's just like, it's just, it's be great again, if it was, but walking yeah. that tightrope. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, dude, I wish there were some more hours in the day. Like when I was, when I'm training like hard in the, in the paint training and, and eating all my meals and going to work, it's like I got like maybe 30 minutes to, to read. And sometimes I waste that because I'm like, I need to relax. So it's like, it's, uh, it's, it, and then I realize I got to pull back a little bit. It's just, it, it's, it's really difficult. You know what I mean? And I wish, I wish I could like take some, like we were talking about earlier, take some fucking drug where I could just stay up all the time. Then I could yeah. read, I can get my, you know, my fucking dopamine fix with, with fucking, uh, Instagram, Pornhub or whatever, you know, yeah. like yeah. get my workout in just whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and just have an actual like healthy balance of everything, but right. that right. doesn't exist. You got to do Time management, like you said. And that's where sacrifice comes in. You know, you're just going to yeah. have to. some things that, yeah, you're sacrificing being able to go out and party. But look, when you're chilling, you know, in your 30s and you barely have to work because you fucking busted your ass in your 20s, you know, who's going to be laughing? You know what I mean? Like, who's right. going to be having a party? Like, it'll be you and me right. fucking, yeah. you know, kicking yeah. it. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, at least that's what I envision. Yeah, right. 20, yeah 25 years, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to work hard, hard, hard. And then the rest of my life live easy. Yeah. Who wants to work into their retirement? I'm okay. man? Like, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was funny. You were talking, literally talking to your dad about this. He's like sitting right. on the couch with this fucking yeah. like, uh, is that cello? He's just fucking chilling. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like, yeah, just fucking, yeah. Yeah. Real is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I got another question here. Um, I, I don't want to like, um, I think people like see certain questions and they're like, what the fuck are you, you know, what are you talking about? But, uh, I actually think like, uh, this, this gentleman's asked a couple of questions that I, I like that he asked these questions cause I think they're really useful. Mm -hmm. Um, so he asked, 
uh, and some people can use them. How do you get a lean chest without uh, protein, without consuming protein? So um, my, my, my answer to this, and I thought about this before, is like, one, uh, I, I would just question why you wouldn't want to consume protein. Like it, it's, it's satiating. So if you're trying to, trying to, in this case, get lean, you would want to eat more protein, 1.2 grams per pound, a little bit above, um, right. you know, it, it supports muscle growth. A lot of, you know, like proteins that exist in nature taste really good eggs, red meat, um, you know, some, some dairy and things like that. Um, so, uh, my question would be, why would, why would you not want to consume protein if it's kidneys? Uh, that's been disproven many, many times. There's people who've eaten mass amount of protein over, overfed on protein, didn't have any kidney, uh, issues and also got leaner. And, um, yeah. So, well, I, think so I, I read a study. I think I might have sent it to you too. Is is um, there's actually a lot of support for fat loss within high protein diets. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And the thermic effect of food isn't one of them. I think that was mentioned in that study you sent me, which I've yeah. heard about before. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so I would I would say why don't you want to consume protein? Excuse me. You can either you know DM me or, or Matt about that, um, and we can talk about it. And then um, getting a lean chest. I think we've talked about this before. It's just just lowering your body fat. So again, that, that kind of ties into it. You, you want to eat the protein. If you're not eating protein, you, it's likely that you're going to be really hungry. So it's going to be hard to achieve that leanness that you want. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's you know, pretty much pretty straightforward as far as how I'd answer that. But um, yeah, there's the two questions there kind of that I have for you uh, to, to um, kind of elaborate. And then uh, last one is just why do you even like bodybuilding? <laughs> I'll, I'll let you answer this um, I, I um, just to touch back on the protein too. I mean, there's evidence that, the, that shows, I mean, it's the way it works. The, the building blocks of muscle is amino acids, which are pretty much built out of protein. So if you're not getting proteins or leucine and stuff like that, then you're not really turning on muscle protein synthesis to the range you want it. And then, then I guess in terms is, is you're going to get the, the recovery you get out of it is more important than the breakdown in my opinion. Um, you know, like you could, yeah, it's important to break down, but if you do more breaking down than you are building up, then how much benefit are you doing compared to, let's say you, you, you know, you break down pretty good, but you recovered great and you fully recovered. It's, it's way better. Um, yeah. and then for, for the bodybuilding question, uh, I, I, I think it, it, what really got me into bodybuilding too is a few things. Number one, um, it, it didn't really have to do with the, the physical appearance. It didn't have to do anything with that. It just, the lifestyle and the mentality, because I mean, I play football as a team sport, you know, like yeah. you, you have to rely on other people, but in bodybuilding, you, you look in the mirror, you know, you don't like yeah. what you're doing. Guess what? You point the finger yeah. right back at you. So um, I, the, just the mentality you got to go through, the, the drive, the passion, um, the hard work. And again, like I think people seem to forget, you know, that there's, there's more to life than bodybuilding and, the lessons you learn in bodybuilding that are so applicable to life yep. beyond and most of it is mental too because i think a lot of people too nowadays is if you got a weak mentality you're not going to have a good time in life period right. yeah, you're going to have a bad life you know yeah. and, and i mean half of what bodybuilding is is, is really pushing your own body to the limit so yeah um, yeah you got to make those sacrifices yep you yeah. got to be willing to do what it takes and that's yep. that's my twitter header is rich piano whatever it takes Oh yeah. yeah. I need to get back on Twitter. That's funny. Oh, Twitter. Twitter is my go-to for sure. I'll yeah. tell you that. I mean, I'm going to make, I need to make a new one cause I spam my last one, but yeah, dude, oh. that's a, that's a great answer. Um, I, I think honestly that's where, so, um, I'll try to make it like short, but, but I, I read this book. So I, I got into bodybuilding because of that, because it was always a direct reflection of 
and I always did independent sports. I was skateboarding before you were skateboarding too. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, um, I'm yeah, sure, yeah. I'm sure you had this experience with football and you're like, you would get frustrated at other people because you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Especially when you put in a certain amount of work and you, it's not reciprocated. That's really right. upsetting. And it's gotta that, be, mm-hmm. uh, and why I didn't actually choose to do any team sports, uh, as a result of that. Right. Um, right. And, uh, and so, um, one thing, yeah, it, 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 it taught me really young that, like I, I, when I started, I was really, really, I was like 12 or 13. Right. And I yeah. was like developing an actual conscious of like, um, what I do has a effect on my life. Sorry. I just like, remember thinking when you said you were starting bodybuilding too, I just remember your bicep forming, like your bicep peak forming in like middle school and shit. And I was like, yeah, dude, fuck, I'm going to look like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bicep that's funny. Shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause so, I think I started a little, a little earlier than you did. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that. I, I thought it was fucking like uh, Dude, skinny yeah. as hell. I remember but, when um, I saw that that first vein going through your bicep. I said, "Fuck, man, I gotta do it." Yeah, do. I think you probably came over to my house one, oh, oh, throughout one of those times where I was like working out in my dad's uh, my parents' yeah. bedroom or some shit. Yeah. Crazy um, Yeah, yeah, I, I used those recently. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it was like uh, I, de- I was developing an actual conscious and understanding that like the work that I do has uh, a result in my life, and and I didn't really understand what it was per se, but I, I just noticed areas of my life getting better because I was able to, you know, do this thing, do it consistently, push myself at it. Um, and, uh, had a lot of back and forth, but, uh, what really solidified it was like my junior year. Um, I got out of like a relationship, wasn't super good for myself. And I read this book that was called, uh, as a man thinketh. And, um, basically like what I had been trying to wrap my head around was, was basically solidified in this book where basically it talks about like, the, the main, the main, uh, like aphorism, like statement in the book is, uh, as a man thinketh, uh, so is he. And it basically means anything that you think is a, is, is a reflection of yourself. Um, and you also create your circumstances and, and your reality by your thoughts. Not that you project reality or like you actually create it, but like basically your reaction to circumstances, to the way things that happen to you is how you create your world basically. So like something could just happen to you, but basically based on how you react, you react and use that is basically how you create your reality and, and circumstances and things like that. So I don't want to get too much into that tangent, but basically once I started to understand that and I was applying the things that I learned in bodybuilding to outward to my life, uh, things just improved. And I was just like, holy shit, like this is a lot of power that we do have with everything. You know what I mean? I, I Before I felt like it was just like this boat floating aimlessly. And then I was like, holy shit, like I can control the direction in which I go based on what I do in the weight room and based on what I do in, in school, based on what I do in life and my relationships. And uh, bodybuilding was the fundamental teacher for me for that. It was like, this is look at how much control you can control the size of your fucking bicep by lifting this thing up and eating this certain type of food. And you just have so much uh, power and manipulation. It's, it's really empowering basically. Yeah. Um, but that's how I got into it is just, it kind of, it did kind of fall into my lap and there are a lot of circumstances like, you know, uh, Darius was just happened to be sitting next to me in my computer class and his dad happened to be a bodybuilder and I happened yeah. to hang out with him. Like that's pretty trippy in, in that sense. And I'd already been training before. Like it's kind of fell in my lap as far as that goes. But, um, the reason I love bodybuilding, like you said, is it just ties into it. You can just use it. The discipline you learn from bodybuilding, the, the ha- habits that you form, you're able to apply that outward into your life. And then other things are, are, are very similar. You look at business, so, you know, like 
providing progressive, uh, you know, things in, in other aspects of your life. And, and, and like you said, deloading, like it's so, there's so many like analogies you could make from like, you know, having a, some, I've seen some stupid stuff, like having a heavy bar on your back and like being able to pick up like the load, you know, and like, yeah, yeah. But it's funny, but it's also like, it it does tie in a lot. Right. I remember watching, it was crazy. It was this uh, Machiavelli motivation and, and the whole video was pretty much just talking about like the whole, idea that your mind is the strongest you know the strongest muscle yeah. in all reality you gotta you gotta understand that it is you know your and, and it, it's like the most and like we were talking about earlier like it's the most complex like organ as far as like its interaction and like the, the neural neurological connections that it makes and like you know basically the whole signal of your body it blows my yeah. mind central nervous yeah. system that- yeah and it, I mean, and, and the bodybuilding gives you control over that too, being able to, um, yep. you know, to develop neurological connections and same, that's how learning happens. You know, it's, yep. it's, it's pretty crazy. I, 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 and then and that's where we are now is like, we just want to f- understand a lot of that more, right? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Knowledge yeah. is power, you know? Right. Right. Definitely. It, it definitely gives me a certain sense of confidence, but yeah, I would say that we both, it's really interesting. We're both kind of in the same boat and maybe you jumped on the train a little bit after I did, but um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at too. It's not like a, a vanity thing. Definitely could have started with some insecurities, like just wanting to be bigger and stuff, but of course, uh, oh, of course. Been... I'll start with that. you know, I, when yeah. I started, I wanted nice looking biceps, good arms, you know, <laughs> I then remember, you're... I remember I wore a tank top in eighth grade. I like cut a shirt and I remember like, I was like so psyched I... up, like take off my sweatshirt and I like right. took off my sweatshirt and this like group of like girls just like laughed at me. Like, just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you're so, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what you're mi- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Actually, I, I, what was that? I think I remember. I, I remember the times you started wearing them, and, and people were like, "Whoa!" Because nobody really wore. And if they did, it like, even worked out. Yeah, it, it didn't look like it. It just looked like a you know, like a kid. But, yeah. You know, with you, the difference of people like, "Yo." Uh, yeah. Yeah. I did. I did get a, a decent response uh, off my chicken nugget diet and just training a lot. Yeah. But, but the thing is I, I followed some structure. I had someone's workouts that I followed and, and that produced results. And I think that's right. why, like, I, I never just, just blindly did it. At least I followed something and, and it worked. But I remember doing these fucking one hour of pushups in my parents' garage. And, and, uh, you know, it was, it was fucking hard, but produced results. So yeah. oh, that's the start of it. You know? that's yeah. That's the start definitely. of it. Um, okay. I want to get you out of here. Sorry, bro. I know you're like cutting into your sleep time and stuff here. No, you're, um, dude, you got time. Uh, yeah, I know we've been trying to organize this for a couple of weeks, so we both got our own shit going I know, on. I know. Um, here, so uh, I want to do something stupid, but uh, let's see how it works. I want to do something. Uh, why is it not showing my screen? Shit. Yeah, let's see. Oh, there we go. Uh, I want to do a meme review. <laughs> I want to just go over some memes and just see. Uh, we'll just we'll just rate them. Yeah. No, dude, memes are important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Memes are very important. They're important to the education of our youth. <laughs> I think, um, did you ever see what Elon Musk um, tweeted about it? He was like, the controller of the memes controls the galaxy or something hella crazy. And dude, the amount of retweets that I had blew my mind. Uh, this is one of my favorite. Have you seen this page? <laughs> no, holy shit. This page is fucking fired. <laughs> Oh okay, so the whole premise of it is based around the uh, uh, the, the misspelling of Burger King. Yeah, yeah. Burger Bing. So it basically, like, a lot of the memes are 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 just like misspelled. Like, it's it's so stupid. Like, I just love the <laughs> stupidity of it. Like, what the fuck? 
Yeah, you dropped this being. <laughs> like what the fuck? Um, okay, let's find some. Let's find some. This one I was looking at earlier. Let's let's review this one. What gives people uh, feelings? Is this one correctly? <laughs> feelings. Feel. Ing- ing- oh, which is crazy because I went right over that. I thought I had it. Yeah, I know. Three, money. I, I, three monies, some nubbits, which I'm assuming is uh, nuggets. <laughs> Wearing a uh, and Kurger Bing Crownman. Crown. Oh, this one is like this has got to be up there. This is like an eight out of ten right here. Yeah. No, this you is. Ever good. Wore, you ever it's, wear a Burger King crown? That's what I'm saying. You put yourself in the position, and you obviously go back to the time where you're a kid and you had it on. You said, "Dude, you didn't buy the Happy Meal, bro." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wear this shit. Three, you know? three monies or, or nubbits yeah. would not yeah. surpass. The I got nubbits crown. with my fucking Burger King hat. You know? Oh, sh- <laughs> wet ass um, pancakes. The fuck? That sounds delicious. Think about that. Like my Big Mac truck and our little. <laughs> drive through oh my god a picture uh, of wait, wait, wait what is that one what is that let's say i would give this one like a six it's it's there it's i would give it yeah i would give it a six because if you really think about it the only thing that makes it funny is really that it's just it, it just some wet ass pancakes you know well i think but, it's a play off of you heard the cardi b song wop oh yeah yeah oh wow I, I listened yeah. to i listened to like a very small amount of it but yeah that's i think that's what they're playing off there Oh, I love the I love the DiCaprio uh, Dude, Django that, memes. These are my favorite. Meme. Yep. <laughs> when you just hit them with Pibis, so Pibis is like uh, supposed to be Pepsi, apparently. Oh. This. When you oh. hit them with Pebis sucks, and you're waiting for them to recover. <laughs> and, Drink it up. Coke is called Conk. Conk. <laughs> oh, that's a nine. That's a nine right there. That's, yeah. yeah, I like the yeah. hat. The hat too is just perfect. The, the hat like the, and, and, and the way he's holding it, you know, to show you, hey, this is what I got. I got the clock. way he's holding his conk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Wapper. Probably... <laughs> Wapper. Wait, where is it? Oh yes. Wapper. The wet, wet ass, ass counter. counter. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! Oh Curry man, I wish that was a real thing. There. Over there, I didn't <laughs> see that. Hey, oh, hey, they snuck him in. They snuck him in. Uh, uh, hey, the best part does it come in impossible? Look at the comment, bro. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I hope it does. Yeah. Okay. One better. other. I want to show you this other account. What is it called? Dude, um, that one account is really funny that I that I just followed because the the fucks oh, the, it. The, what is it? Fucks it lift. I think. It's. it's I don't know. I can't remember how to spell it. Dude, that one is good. Uh, How do you spell it? Oh, here it is. Fucks fit. Oh, fuck. yeah. this one is hilarious. This is just. Oh, so I love cute. these ones. Mom, why is why is my cousin called Rose? Because your auntie loves roses. What about me? <laughs> Enough questions, just. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you never expect to be a stupid. Maddie boy. hates Maddie hates this page. Like I show her memes from this, and she's like, she's like, what the fuck is this? Dude, this is one of my favorite pages. As fuck does it sound? Yeah, have you seen any of these recently? Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, here's another DiCaprio yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I love this one. This one is hella funny. Powerlifters between sets. Let the potato rest for five minutes. <laughs> Go to the one right above it. I saw that one the other day. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, that's the same reaction I have. Train trend? 
dude, this has been going around in the forums for Trend Hard and Anavar. What is it, Anavar? Anavar. Um, Anavar, give up. Give up. <laughs> so stupid. And, yeah, I've always heard the Train Hard, Trend Harder. That one's funny. It's the meme around this one. Four months after she leaves. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> true. Hello, focus. I know. Fuck. <laughs> Wait, there's one other one. There's some fun, like, I feel like this one has, like, some, like, some fire stuff, and then it's also, like, there's some, like, shit where I'm, like, this kind of stupid. Yeah, yeah. The most fucked up shit, because they have some pretty off-ass shit. Yeah, the fails, too, yeah. It's a pretty, it's pretty, pretty uh, diverse page. I like it. Yeah, yeah. What's this other one? What's the other one I was thinking of? Uh, It's, um, this Kerger Bing. Oh, this one's the best. I gotta follow Kurger Bank though. Worst buy. This is my favorite by far. Oh, you like worst buy? Well, it's buy? one of them. Yeah, worst buy is my favorite. <laughs> Maddie hates this one so bad. Back of the moans. <laughs> it's literally if you keep zooming in, it's just like her head, like. They're all moaning. Will it zoom in more? Oh my god, it's hilarious. They like put her head everywhere. <laughs> He's on every single. This one, Maddie noticed this. What is that a vibrator? Yeah, Maddie noticed this. I was like, I did. I looked completely past. He's like, that's the head of a vibrator. I looked past it until you zoomed in. I said, who could that be? That's fucking hilarious. Okay, wait. What is this one? I would give this like a seven or eight. That that that's an that's like an eight and a half. You don't expect that shit. So much detail. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Like look at that. Um, that one's so intense too. What else we got? There's some other ones. Oh, this the one. The like. virgin one looks hella funny. Wop mop. <laughs> then it's your moisture mop. <laughs> Only twelve ninety nine. Uh, Go from leaky cling to squeaky cling. Yeah, the, the sometimes the the uh, like the mini like the little uh, fine the, print. The little yeah yeah that's a the detail the little shitty detail. Flavor town. If I ate your ass, I'd probably get raped. Jesus. Wait, where is it? Right there, that one right. <laughs> yeah, and they do like the gross ass food. <laughs> that sounds pretty good, actually. The cigarette, c- cigarette toast crunch. Yeah, they have a bunch of cigarette ones. <laughs> I know you know you, I and I know oh, you I know what that I know. That. <laughs> oh. oh. Is it dodgeball? I know that you know that I know that. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. It's funny that when you said it like that, I I got it. Yeah, well, I finally saw wait, that you still it. That, that's when I knew. This is hilarious. Well, I, I love that movie so much. Nothing. I think that you thought that I was. Yeah, dude, that one's so good. <laughs> I need that, to go back that, and watch that. That movie. is the top three Ben Stiller role. That is the top three Ben Stiller role. Wait, what is that one? Uh, dodgeball. No, I know. What's the What's the rating on this one? Oh, dude, that just just from the if you've seen Dodgeball, that has to be a ten. I have to, I, I have to go back and watch it. I, I, I would, goes, I know, you know. What what is the scene that he does that? Um, it was the one where I think he was, I think he he pulled up outside, and he was talking to the girl, and he's like, "Oh, I got you fired today." And then, uh, oh she, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, look, or no, he's talking to Peter Lafour. I thought I know that you know that you think that I know. Dude, I, just, I it was so funny. I gotta fucking go back and watch that movie. Think about, think about right. this. the parents meet the Fockers. He's always getting pumped. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This and that one, one, he's the guy. Did you go watch my video. Go watch my video on um, 
fuck, what is it called? There's a video that I did where I put his dodgeball. Uh, oh, it's like, um, what is it? What is it? Uh, how to take a how to take a break from training. I think I've used clips from dodgeball in that video. It's oh, actually hilarious. Oh. I'll have to check that. There's so many good clips in that fucking movie. Dude, watch that. Watch that video. There's a couple of clips that I use and it's hilarious. Dude, that, that movie's underrated. Oh, hell yeah. I actually want to go watch it. I'm probably going to watch it today or tomorrow. Cantos Prong. Wayne Campbell's. Game is updating. Come back tomorrow. Fuck. Dude, that's literally called. Do you play COD? Dude, too much. Oh, fucking can't add me. No, you do not play COD. Yes, I do. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, dude, you don't know that. Are you playing Warzone? Ten, uh sometimes. Ten toes down. That's my uh Activision account. Okay, no, hey, we're gonna get some dubs. Yeah, we'll we'll talk dude, we should fucking stream. That'd be so sick. Dude, stream and talk about oh my god. Oh dude. hell yeah, let's do that. Uh I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Right, well, I'll text you after about it. We'll get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get questions on okay, it. We'll okay, one more, one more meme. Oh, wait, I think I might have uh, synced them to my photo. Yeah, here, let me not share because I don't want to share any bad stuff here. I saved a couple on here. <laughs> Fuck. It's not updating. God damn it. Okay. Um, uh, here, let me just sync one back to my, my, uh, my computer. Here, do you have any? I have to. Um, okay, this is my favorite type of meme, though, right here. This is my favorite fucking type. It's hilarious. It's like dad joke meme. Oh, uh. Okay, last one, then I'll get, get you off here. It'll airdrop over. Oh, this one is pretty funny. I put this on my story. U.S. doctor kit includes stethoscope and bill for $98,000. <laughs> so that one's, like, that one's like just too true. Where's my airdrop? No, that one's hella funny. Did I ever tell you at the time, this freshman year when I got a concussion playing football up in Reno, uh -huh. I walked through the emergency room doors, $2,000 just like that. Oh, shit. Your insurance didn't yeah. cover it? Nah, Kaiser doesn't cover over here, bro. They, they make oh. you do a copay. Oh shit! Yeah, I have Kaiser too. Oh my god! Yeah. Damn, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I'm not a fan of Kaiser. Um, uh, we can go into that in another yeah. uh, rant. All right, last one. Whole video this is my one of my favorites. This is a ten for me right here. Have you met my have you, have you met my daughter Beth? And what's Beth short for? <laughs> because she's only three. <laughs> the funny uh, part is the context of these pictures. Smiling, having a good time. Regarded, <laughs> you know. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's my favorite type, the stupid dad joke ones. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to let you go. You need to get some uh, some rest in. Uh, dude, we should definitely stream. I have Mondays and Tuesdays off, um, and then maybe yeah, Sundays hey, too. I, uh, I need you to text me the Activision. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. get some warm-up games in, and we, we can we can stream. That would be sick. Yeah, that would um, be super fun. Sweet. Yeah, man. Uh, well, yeah, let's let's uh, keep in touch, and uh, we'll talk throughout the week. But um, yeah, thanks I'm for sure. coming I on, bro. I think we're going to have some pretty good things coming up, too. Yeah, no, we're going to get some guests on. Hopefully, I'm going to start reaching out to people and just kind of getting back in the groove of things. Yeah, so, I think, uh, I mean, dude, with school going on and stuff, like, there's going to be a lot coming in. So hopefully, we could do some on, uh, I mean, I'm taking molecular genetics. Oh, yeah. Bunch I'm, I'm, I'm down to talk about anything at any time. Just send yeah. me, you know, send me data and send me studies oh, yeah. and we can talk about like our interpretations of them. 
like yeah. maybe with my experience and yours and I think that'd be a really cool thing to do. Yeah. Oh, it's the best uh, way so to yeah. learn. So, I think yeah. we should do that for sure. Yeah. Cool, oh, man. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'll, uh, have this up in a, a day or two. We'll, uh, we'll keep, keep in touch and, uh, yeah, man. Oh yeah, let's do it. Thanks for having cool. me again, Dill. Yeah, dude. definitely, man. I, I appreciate these conversations. We should, uh, definitely, you know, once, once your workload uh, lessens a little bit, we'll get a more consistent schedule. So, oh yeah. yeah hopefully yeah, we cool. go in person too. Soon. I don't even think I did an intro for this shit. Whatever. Yeah. You gotta restart in. That's yeah, whatever. All right, man. Uh, I'll talk right. to you soon, man. Text me your, uh, your, your yeah. gamer tag and we'll get a game that's in here. That's the next thing to do. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Bro. All right. Have a good night, man. You too.